0: This is Ryan King here, and I am somewhat saddened to inform all of you that Dre unfortunately has lost the Motorsport 101 general election. (laughs) Somehow I was able to win more votes in more constituencies and get more seats in the Motorsport 101 parliament, and I am now in control, and Dre has sent me his resignation. Welcome to Motorsport 101. (laughs) It, mate. I cannot really- you are the
1: world champion! Okay,
0: hello everyone, and King is now in control of Motorsport 101, and today I've brought to you a coalition of chaos. I'm joined by three guests, none of which are RJ O'Connell <laughs> or Andre Harrison. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I mean, that, that's the best
2: description you could have of us.
0: Yes, yes, the best description. First, I'm joined by uh, Chris Cook from Cook Productions 1.
3: Hello, my name's Chris. Uh, You can find me on YouTube. I occasionally do uh, shouting in front of uh, races. Uh, Recently, I did the 2017 Indy 500. You can go there. And I'm on Twitter as well at cookprod1. So, yeah, that's all good.
0: It's all good, all good. We're also joined by Matt Carnero from MSTF1.
2: Please, please hold the applause, everyone. I know you're very glad to see me back here again. It's Talk what? <laughs> it's what, the fifth time here? Do you guys have, like, a, a club for fifth-time members, <laughs> like, in, like in SNL?
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a very small group of people who are not regulars on the show and have gotten past five episodes.
2: I mean, I, I want to end that, but anyway... Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Mystery Science Theater one It's youtube.com slash C slash MSTF1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Scaling and this is pretty much it.
0: Yes, and we're also joined by first time guest and friend of the show, uh, Charlie Reginball.
1: Hey guys, my name is uh, Charles Reginball, although some people call me Charlie. I do kart racing uh, sometimes, and I'm a huge race fan, although I have a preference for Formula One, a strong affinity for Formula One, although this year I got into IndyCar. And you can find me on Twitter at Cregimball Racing and Instagram at Charlie.reg. And on YouTube, I mostly just do captions for Matt and Chris's videos.
3: So the best captions any, any person could ask for. He's constantly you... shitting on us.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like having uh, another commentary on top of our commentary. It's
3: the voice inside your head, basically.
2: Yes.
0: Yes, yes. And again, if you like the show, you can either you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We post clips on the show. Uh, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Motorsport underscore one hundred and one. And surprisingly enough, this week, I've noticed we have a fan page on Instagram now. Mm. I have no clue who's running this fan page, but we have a fan page now on Instagram.
3: Yeah, that fan page is responsible for um, uh, uh, posting my Connor Daly is out video and Ed Jones and James Davison seeing it. So (laughs) yeah, cheers for that. (laughs) You hit the big time. Did not expect that. You know, it's, it's a
0: small world out there. And yes, if you like the show, you can support us on Patreon, where we could probably fund to bring Dre back on. He needs a fund to struggling campaign out there. We'll have to put up a second uh, election just in case. Yeah, yeah, mm. I- I'm not calling a snap election to <laughs> do that. I'm saying power. <laughs> but yep, here we go to keeping it 101. Topic On Keeping It 101, I'm just going to start with my own Keeping It 101 this week, something that I kind of care about, because as you guys know, I'm a fan of politics and motorsport, so nothing better than politics in motorsport, and the little political battle between Formula 3 and GP3 is starting to reach a boiling point, where Formula 3 has, you know, been leaning towards... Well, they've been discussing with the FIA their next set of regulations for the 2020 season. And the big bombshell is that Formula 3 be- could become a single-make series. It-, it might seem, you know, usual for a single-make series to, you know, exist in the feeder ladder, but Formula 3 was the last holdout of the, the open formulas on the ladder. Because you- when, you know, Formula 1, Formula 2, and Formula 3 first started, Um, They were all open categories, like Formula 1 is today, where you could make your own chassis, make your own engine. But, you know, to cut costs, they've been narrowing down on that, and Formula 3 was the last holdout. And it seems like, in a bid to compete with GP3, they're going to a single-make series in 2020.
2: Shit. Ooh! Bombshell.
0: Uh, yes. Uh... Do you guys have any comments about this before I head into the quotes from the people in charge?
3: We're, this is news to us, funnily enough. I knew I knew coming onto the podcast was going to have its downsides. Just, you know, just an hour before the, the start of it, so yeah, you should probably go onto the quotes.
1: Um, well, uh, <laughs> something I'd like to weigh in on is that I've never really been that big a fan of GP three. I mean, I know Robert Wickens has won it, so um, Canadian pride there, <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed this season in GP3, there are guys there from Formula 3. Uh, I recognize, like, just looking here, uh, in the top five is uh, Fuku- naray Fukuzumi. I don't recognize him, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. behind him are Alessio Larandi, Arjun Maini, Dorian Bacalacci, and Antoine Hubert And I remember all these guys from Formula 3, so I'm just thinking, like, um, if you're sidestepping in the road to f one then like is it really moving forward and or because I see like going from formula three to g p three as a side step, so I think a merger could be good for the two series, so that the road f one doesn't get so convoluted as it's becoming
0: mm. yeah like the the reason you see a lot of the the side steps is because uh I think. Two years ago, Formula 3 introduced an experience limit. You're no longer allowed to spend unlimited seasons in Formula 3. You're limited to... Originally, it was a three-season stint, and then they extended it to four years. So it seems like four years, you know, steal from, like, American college sports. You're no longer allowed to spend more than four years in the European Formula 3 championship. So usually now you see... Uh, Once you hit that uh, experience limit, people just move over to GP3, but it's seemingly people are just deciding to just leave early for GP3. And, you know, the earliest people who got hit by this experience limit was most notably uh, Felix Rosenquist and uh, Tatiana Calderon. They had, you know, well above the limit when the limit was put in place and they were immediately cast out of the series. Ow. Yeah, that's a bit of a bad take. (laughs)
2: Um yes. uh this is kind of related but have we, th- are, are there still talks about merging both series together?
0: We don't know. Like the the two outcomes that are being most discussed at the moment is either Formula 3 is the the European Championship is scrapped entirely and GP3 becomes Formula 3 or GP3 is shut down and the European Championship uh, becomes a support series to, you know, Formula One. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, there are some issues about that. Like, uh, Stefano Domenicali, who is the the president of the single-seater commission at the FIA, says he's work, that the FIA is working on the future of Formula Three and what they want it to look like, but they're not really sure what they want yet. And... There's some issues, because there's one other championship that uses Formula 3 regulations that would not be happy with it becoming single make, and that's the Japanese Formula 3 championship, which has a huge rivalry between the Japanese manufacturers who participate in it, and they do not want it to become a single make series at all. Oh yeah, this is a
2: gigantic mess then.
0: Yes, and there's also the issue of grid size at the moment Where there's only five teams in European Formula 3 And six teams in GP3 So the FIA could end up being in a situation Where it's going to be decided for them Because all it would take would be one or two teams to switch sides And it's pretty much over Mm -hmm. Like, whoever moves over Like, the series that gets you know teams to move over into their series Is going to be just automatically declared the winner.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, what it would be like if we had a situation where, like in 2014, 2015, maybe even earlier, um, where we had 30-plus drivers on the grid. Um, would the FIA want that for the uh, third-tier series?
0: Yes, they would, because that was originally that was the original grid size for, for uh, GP3. They had 10 teams of three cars each. But then, you know, teams started falling away. Teams were unable to field a third car. And you just, the grid just shrank tremendously. And this this season, if you haven't watched GP3 yet, GP3 now has DRS. Because a lot of people, like, racing in GP3 has not been the most exciting. You know, especially compared to its, you know, Senior Series Formula 2.
1: Mm-hmm. I can agree.
0: Yes.
3: Yes. Way and say I agree with that as
4: well.
0: So, it's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, I know. In I I've looked through some of the the proposals for the regulations. They want they want to mainly up the power of the Formula Three cars. They want to make the cars more challenging for drivers. They don't want it to become turbocharged because. It would make the series a bit more expensive than they want it to be, and the cars a bit too difficult than they want it to be. So, they're going from 200 horsepower to 300 horsepower, which is obviously a massive increase.
2: Yes, especially on, on tiny cars like those.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Like, the, the new Formula 3 I'm excited for, like the car itself, and I'm excited for the series. It's 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 still a massive question mark because I know that you know the new the new head of DTM loves having Formula Three as on the DTM card. You know, Gerhard Berger being a Formula Formula One yeah. driver, he likes Formula Three. So it's 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 we're in a wait and see period. It's like the first shot has been fired. Now time to see what the response is. So, so we we'll really have to wait and you, see,
2: yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. So 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 Matt, you had something you wanted to talk about that is completely different than <laughs> Formula Three. Yes, <Yeah>, it's, it's <laughs> completely. Still star- I'm gonna uh. still
3: say silent for this one just in case. <laughs> I mean, well, I it's think- got three
2: on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the the three of you are gonna stay silent for this one because I don't. I think I might be the only one actually keeping up with what's happening this weekend. This I mean at least in the beginning of this week, which is E3, the Electronic. Uh, electronic. What. what? Expo? Well, I don't Electronic remember. Entertainment Expo. Le- 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 Electronic Entertainment X. Electronic Entertainment X. Like I, don't, I don't, don't even
3: know like I don't know anything <laughs> about E three and I know this. I, <laughs> <gone>. <laughs> I,
4: I,
2: I never I never read the, the whole thing. I, like I just I just say it's E three E three. I never actually spell out the whole, course, the whole thing. Know. Anyway, anyway, let's actually get into the things that I'm actually excited for, which is which is very little. The these, these last few expos haven't been very uh, very good in, li- like, actually getting me excited for games. But this one actually has um, got turned my term to a couple of them. The first one being Metro Exodus, which was announced out of, no- uh, out of nowhere for- on the Xbox conference. They showed a, a little pre-rendered trailer, which is-, is supposed to look like gameplay. Although, if you look at it, it's pretty clearly pre-rendered, because... Uh, yeah. But then you know, it, it starts off normal like it's it's under underground just like the the metro games of old. And then they go outside, and it, it seems like this one has a little more emphasis on open air combat. Because like uh, he the, the guy doesn't use I, I'm well, it's not I don't think it's Artyom because Artyom died on, the, on last slide. But that's a whole different story. Anyway, the, the the character isn't using a gas mask on the outside, so I yes, think but,
0: like mm-hmm. to to people not. Uh, to people unfamiliar with the Metro series, yeah. it takes place in an alternate reality where the the Cold War gets hot and nuclear warfare breaks out and basically everywhere gets nuked and the game the the original games takes place within the the Moscow Metro mm-hmm. after, you know, the war has taken place, I think like a couple generations after it's taken place. Yes. So, you know, it's your standard post apocalyptic of affair but instead of you know the traditional setting of the united states it takes place in russia
2: so yeah they, they all live underground and then whenever they have to get up to the surface they have to wear gas masks because of the radiation but in this case um it seems that it's taking place in in rural areas which weren't ha- weren't as affected by the bombs so i guess the radiation isn't as high but um still the surface is still still dangerous with all the creatures um uh, but I guess it's it's going to be interesting to see what what what's going to happen with, uh, more, more focus on the surface part because that hasn't yet been explored. We had two games all about the underground, yeah. all about the metro, but now we finally get to see what the earth really looks like in greater yeah, I, detail. Hopefully, I just hopefully. hope it's
0: I hope it's a truly unique experience and not, it. it I hope it doesn't riff too much off of Fallout because I know it's going to be it. It's it. It seems like it's going to be like fallout metro
2: yeah um, Fallout russia edition <laughs> pretty much but like <laughs> well the metro has always stood his has always stood its own ground in terms of lore and in yeah. terms of you know atmosphere so i hope that they don't ruin that if, if anything the the main thing that it could do to not ruin what the metro the, what the metro series has is go open world so If they stay linear, I guess this is all that that they could do. Well, not all they could do, but like the main thing that they could do to set themselves apart from Fallout, really. Yeah. To just stick to a story instead of going all out everywhere. But anyway, after that, there was one more game that I was excited for, which was during the Bethesda conference, and that was Wolfenstein
0: 2, the new Colossus! Oh my god! I was admittedly that actually made me excited for E three. Like when I heard that, like oh my god, it's the sequel to you know the Wolfenstein remake because that was probably I've like I know there was a remake of Wolfenstein before like the predecessor. Yeah, it was in two thousand nine. I was not excited for that. No. Yeah, but when. Wolfenstein came out, you know, a couple of years back now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that was like I had to play that game because it was that good. Like the the, the way that they interpreted, you know, Castle Wolfenstein yes. for, you know, um, well, contemporary gaming. It was exciting, engaging. The the setting was actually very interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: They they basically reinvented the, the the Nazi killing genre, but instead of putting instead of putting in World War World War II again, they turned it around and made it so the Nazis won World War II, and now it's on the 1960s Nazi-dominated world, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much like if if you wanted like a stereotypical. Uh, 1990s first person shooter but updated for 2016 it was that Wolfenstein game where it's like it had every over the top thing you could think of it had a, <laughs> it had a Nazi moon base like yeah, it did. a it Nazi did. moon
4: base <laughs> <laughs> yes it,
0: it, it was great like it, it,
2: it's I still argue it's the best game of 2014 it's one of the best games I, I've played in the past five five years or so and um it, so it's no surprise that I was really excited when I saw that they announced the new Colossus or Colossus. I don't know how you spell it very well, but anyway, so it's a, it's very obviously a sequel to the new order uh, set after a little bit after it ended and uh, now they're going to America, they're not, they're not the, the first game well the first game was in Germany. Now they're going to America to you know liberate the good and old US of a from the, the clutches of those Nazi bastards. And uh, mm-hmm. now there uh, there's also a lot more focus on the American side of the culture instead of just German Germany as well. So well, and even, uh, even
0: mm. though as as an American, the way that uh 1970s Nazi America is portrayed is extremely interesting, even from like the little taste you get, where it's like a 1970s in America where. The sixties never like our sixties never happened, so you uh-huh. never got you know the hippie movement or the you know the whole culture. Li- like it's pr- it's very nineteen fifties. Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's it's um it's it's kind of like the nineteen fifties on steroids in a way. So it's kind of like uh yeah. kind of like what Fallout did with themselves before you know the drum the bombs dropped. It was like the nineteen fifties on steroids. If you if you see like the um, the early parts of Fallout Four. But in this case, you know, it's much more crazy because there's German uh, cold technology and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, this is—it's uh, a very interesting interaction they're going in because, like, I think they're also expanding a little more on the story because from the, from yes. the little bits of the trailer that, that I saw, Bj ha- Bj seems to have a little more personality in, in him. Like th- in the first in the first game, he's he's was a lot more like a. Uh, the the veteran that was um horrified by war and just had a bunch of monologues to monologues about talking about horrors and talking about how bads how bad things are but now yeah he's was, more of a fighter this time
0: like, yeah like in the first game he was pretty much like it it really played up on the 1990s and even like riffed off the current you know generation of video games mm-hmm. where it's like uh that you know cold, bitter soldier that is just saddened by war now. Yeah. But now it's more like he is a freedom fighter.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really the uh, a continuation of, of the of his first character, um, it, because it's it's really no there's no sense in making him again another cold grizzled <laughs> veteran. Now he yep. he needs to be given motivation in order to actually make the thing compelling. But Yes. Yeah, I don't think there's much more that I can say about it, other than a lot of the the visuals look, look really cool. Um no, like one the thing guns, I have to uh, note
0: from the trailer that I just absolutely loved was their little remake of the you know the old time fifties TV show Lassie, but as Lisa. Lisa, oh, yes, <laughs> like. <laughs> that
2: <laughs> was, was during the intro like uh so you have had like the two sheriffs stuck under the car and the, the girl goes with the, the dog whistle and then like this this gigantic robotic dog comes out to just mow the sheriffs
0: <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah, like, that was at perfect first, at first like at first like the 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 massive Nazi dog go- comes mm-hmm. out and saves the sheriffs r- r- who are trapped like one was trapped under under like an overturned truck. Yeah. The d- massive dog o- like turns over the truck saves the sheriffs oh it looks like it's over just like you know the old like Lassie TV show but it's like no then the dog like starts bawling the truck and then use its flamethrower on it and it's like this is fucking insane. <laughs> yes.
2: No. Um. It's one. um, It's also. I really liked how I could actually immediately tell that it was Wolfenstein just from the the visuals because uh, they're using the very the same uh, tactics. I would say from the from the first game, from the first game, thrillers. They also had a similar thing going. Yeah, their
0: their their Nazi military has a very unique aesthetic, even like compared to other like alternate history settings where you have like the Man in the High Castle Mm -hmm. that has like the Nazis in power in America in the 1960s and 70s. It's like it is completely different from that and they made their own they made their own unique setting, which is hard to do in the surprisingly crowded genre of Nazi Germany takes over America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's become a thing recently. I wonder why. Uh <laughs> But shit. <laughs> I mean, if, if I mean, this is uh, considering current uh, political statuses. I guess it, it comes at the right time for uh, maybe a bit of catharsis for those who really want to just you know revolt in a way. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. really the perfect game for 2017. It's ca- it's, it's coming out in October game. 2017, by the way. So if you wanted to get it, you can get it then. Which I, I, w- I certainly will be.
0: Yes, yes, I will be as well. And but one more thing before we move on to IndyCar. Unfortunately, RJ isn't here with us to share in the sadness, but... The Nashville Predators have been defeated by the Pittsburgh Penguins in the F- in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, dude, I was hoping for that, hoping for that Snapchat
3: he does whenever they win a
0: game where he's
3: just like yes!
2: <laughs> nah, he was just drinking water on his Snapchat story instead. Like I I I just got it. Mm-hmm. I remember that died, so I uh, didn't uh, get it. Yeah, you? Oh, no, you uh, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh okay. Um I was like I remember that, that game six was yesterday night, so I only watched like the last 10 minutes of the third period. And I, and it, the game was tied. It was nil-nil. And I was really hopeful that the, it would either go to overtime or the, um, that the Predators would actually be able to, to score and win again. But,
1: you and me both.
2: Yeah, unfortunately sure it didn't happen. Like um, The the first goal was kind of weird because it, um, they caught it from behind and then the, the puck yeah. bounced off uh, Pecarina's elbow and it went into the goal. And then they challenged oh. for a goaltender a goaltender interference, but then they called it off. No, that was a that was a valid goal. Um, and then, as usual, they went empty goal on like the last two minutes or so, and the the Penguins scored again, and that was pretty much it over.
3: Yeah. Ow, yeah, I mean, get well soon, RJ. <laughs> get well soon, RJ.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well soon, RJ. You're I... <laughs> in our
1: hearts. Oh, as if like Hashtag the the get well Capitals soon. getting eliminated by the Penguins wasn't enough of a kick to the dick. Like, they eliminate the Capitals in the second round again this year, and then they win the Stanley Cup again this year in six (laughs) games. When will it end?
0: I I don't think it will ever end. And as, like, I used to go to, I I went to university in Pittsburgh, so, like, I have a lot of friends who are Pittsburgh Penguins fans, and they're, they're little, like... Hope is that the season opener again is against the Washington Capitals, because oh. <laughs> they are a savage. They want to raise up that championship banner in Alex Ovechkin's face and just give him <laughs> that sadness.
1: The Penguins are probably one of the smuggest fan bases in North American sports right now.
0: Yes, yes, because they. I I don't say that they. Don't deserve it, but when they win, oh my god.
3: I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but they don't deserve it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, like their players are certainly talented. I don't like their players, but they're certainly talented. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But yes, well, we'll move on to IndyCar, head back into Motorsport. God forbid. Guys, uh, we had a very, very, what do I dare say, um, eventful race at the Texas Motor Speedway? Eventful would the...
3: be the, the, the family-friendly description <laughs> of this race, to be honest. It's definitely
2: interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, very for the... much
0: abridged. For the, for, the, for the Rain Guard Water Sealer 600, which is also a very mouthful name, like uh, Racer Magazine's Marshall Pruitt uh, proclaimed the race as a wreck fest in his headline for the for the for for his race review. And it certainly was a Wreckfest.
1: What would uh, which... you say the cost of this Wreckfest was?
0: Oh, how, how ironic you say that, Charlie. How ironic you say that? Because at Racer Magazine, um, Robin Miller estimated the crash damage to be at least valued at 1.8 million U.S. dollars. <laughs>
2: Cha-ching!
0: Get that money to Lara. <laughs> Give me one
3: hundredth of that and I will be okay.
2: Ash rolls everything around me.
0: (laughs) I get that. I'm quite proud. (laughs) Yes. And in a race weekend that had probably the most unlikely of pole sitters, Charlie (laughs) Kimball. Yeah, Yeah,
4: boy, Charlie. There's slightly
1: above average, and then there's slightly above slightly above average. (laughs)
0: Like, to me, the, like... The standout performance, yes, yeah. Will Power went on to win the the Rain Guard six hundred, but to me the, the standout performance had to be Tristan Vautier. Oh yeah, definitely. In coming oh. in at like less than a week's notice, putting his car in fifth place in the field and then so storming fast. his way to the front. Oh, he was so fast, so like he was absolutely he was
3: giving everyone like so much hell trying to get through. It was beautiful. <laughs>
0: Yep, yep. and it, oh, like it was so sad when someone else gave <laughs> gave <laughs> hell to the field when <laughs>
2: someone else
0: when Tony Kanon, in a situation where it seemed like there was a miscommunication or a lack of information from a spotter, moved up on on James Hinchcliffe and caused a multi-car pileup, Listen, <laughs> which
3: you, like <laughs> I feel we've come across come off at a, a crossroads here because. Matt's the only one here who's going to interject and be like, "Oh no, Tony Canaan <laughs> is innocent." <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone knows that. No, and that's no. not
1: even the first crash he caused uh, that race. Doing that. Yeah, I know. The first one. That was another one. No, was How one... do you yeah, think him... Rossi retired? Uh,
2: exactly. oh, oh yeah, I didn't. Scott I Dickson. didn't catch the one. I, I watched like Although just he wasn't, pass like, halfway. The
3: direct cause he uh-huh. was part of it. He was uh, at least one third of it. But, yeah. you know, so, that sandwiched up was. <laughs> Tony Kanan will never be the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, Rossi's incident involved him, uh, Khanon, and and Dixon. Uh, you know, Kanan taking the low line, mm-hmm. uh, Dixon on the high line. Rossi got caught in between. Rossi was backing out. He let off the gas, tried to back out of it. You know, his car got loose, and he ended up putting it in the wall.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't really blame Tony for that uh, then.
0: Oh, there was there was contact. There was contact. Uh, yeah, and, okay, and, okay. And okay. For, now. Yeah. So he, he was, Because, um, because uh, Tony never took the, the low line. He always took the, the middle groove. So anytime he was in the low line, he would move up. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, so that caused the same situation twice when, when, again, he ended up in a situation with him, James Hinscliffe, and Mikhail Lotion. But he, didn't, he couldn't tell that Elotion was also moving up on Hinch on the outside. So when he mm. moved up... He was expecting James Hinchcliffe to move up, but Hinchcliffe could not move up. So there's contact, and it sparked a massive accident, which unfortunately took out Tristan Vautier and his teammate Ed Jones. Yeah, and I'm... during that red flag period, Dale Coyne gave him uh, oh, more gave than him a piece, piece of his, of his mind. I
3: felt so <laughs> sorry for Dale Coyne because Tristan and Ed Jones were absolutely on fire that race, considering how... You know where they, where they, where they were in terms of you know their careers. You know Ed Jones is still a rookie. Tristan Votier hadn't been in a race for like a year and a half. Uh, so for both of them to do incredibly well in, I don't know, I don't know. Is Dale Coyne like the 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 team on the least budget at the moment? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm um, like, just yeah, just to generalize just a little bit. Yeah, like seeing Dale Coyne actually kick. Monumental ass, and then to have it all thrown thrown away in something that really they had no, no uh,
2: involvement in,
3: no action, yeah, Ooh. no involvement in until they got involved by chance in the accident was such a slap in the face, not only for you know fans like me, but for Dale Coyne, who, you know, who who is struggling financially anyway, to see both of their both of his drivers just taken out like like that.
0: Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. you could really say that this year for Dale Coyne was a season of, uh, yeah, a season of (laughs) what-ifs. It's
1: it's amazing how your season can turn on a dime like that. Like, winning the first race and then getting second in the second, like, leading the championship with your guy, like, your star guy after the first three races, and then he's got a broken pelvis, and then your next guy comes in, and... uh, like the only saving grace has been Ed Jones, really.
2: Yeah, Ed Jones has been carrying the team ever, ever since. Uh, well, I, you, I could, could say you. ever since the uh, uh, five hundred, but yeah, it pretty much is because I just keep forgetting the five hundred hasn't been that long ago. It was only like a yeah, couple of weeks, two so weeks ago. yeah, only yeah, two, two weeks. weeks ago. So, but it feels already kind of like it's been so long because we had Detroit and we had Texas now. Um, but yeah, Ed Jones has has a deal coin on it's carrying Dale coin in his back for now.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it, it certainly seems like Dale Coyne, at least on the ovals, is the little team to beat. They're going to be in the top five. In like, we have still have three remaining oval races at, at Pocono, at Iowa, and the returning Gateway. Mm-hmm. So, Beautiful. like, it's looking like if, if... It shouldn't be, hopefully, because the... The tracks that are left don't really produce t- crash fest. They, it, no, it's, no, Like P- Pocono is extremely fast, but it's fairly unless you know you get your restarts. It's pretty much a single lane of action because you yeah. can't go. You can't go two by two through the the corners at Pocono. It's a single lane, just like yeah. Indianapolis.
2: Yeah. I mean, unless you're feeling but- very very courageous, then yeah, it's single <laughs> Yes, Yes.
1: Yeah, yes. like a few years ago, we had guys going seven wide there. That was on a restart. Yeah, straight. that was on a restart. Yeah, yeah that, that was on restart. restarts are a wild
0: there because um, for the most part, like, of any, sh- like, starting straight in IndyCar, that is by far the widest. Mm-hmm. And let's see who else had an interesting race. Do we go to Andretti Autosport, where we already talked about Rossi going out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marco was fairly a non-factor that entire race, which was good um, for him in the end. Yeah, which was good for him in the end, unless like ended up he ended up damaging his rear wing, re- <laughs> rear wing, and getting it replaced, but. It took so long for them to replace it He ended up going a lap down
2: Speak <laughs> uh, Marco uh, That's what you Hunter get for Ray... blocking Cook
1: on Twitter <laughs> Yeah
3: exactly <laughs> I've already paid my dues on Marco I don't need it again
0: uh, Did Hunter Ray end up getting crash effect of that race He, cra- he crashed
2: out on the on the fest with, uh, with Hinchcliffe and Kanan
0: Oh yes He got yes. taken out there Okay, and of course, the last but not least of the Andretti's, your Indy 500 champion Takuma Sato Ooh. with the incident that ended the race. Is it time
3: to he bring it back? So, he was so unnecessarily <laughs> yes, aggressive Yes. The last yes. Time I have that. a
0: feeling where where he was he where Scott Dixon just just looked to his looked to his right and just yelled through his team radio not now, Sato. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bringing it back for one night only.
0: Man, oh man. I, I, Sato had the pace to win that race, and he was clearly going for the win. And mm. he was being his usual Takuma self, where he was being <laughs> very, very aggressive on track, and it looked like it was going to pay off. But, again, high reward equals... High risk, and mm. it came to bite him during the closing laps.
3: You can visually see, like as it happens, like he just clips the grass, and you could just see him just about to, like, absolutely wipe out um, Scott Dixon. And in that time, you could just hear, like, as I was watching it, I was um, looking at it and just shout, like, mouthing the words, "No! no! Oh my God! Are you kidding me?" And you know. Motorsport 101 had killed the not now Sato meme in the in the last episode. Is it? Or is yes, it in the last
0: in, in the last episode.
3: You know, it was such a gratifying achievement to win it and have like a running joke finally be off your back. And that it's back again. It's technically back again <laughs> it's... in the the in in a way that like it's not. We're not happy. It's back. I'm not happy. It's you guys probably are, but I'm not. Mm. I'm not.
2: I'm. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. Really. I
3: really want Akuma to just like deny all the the, the c- criticism and backlash he's gotten over a few o- over the few years for you know being like the so-called Pastor Maldonado of IndyCar or whatever. Some of the comments that I've heard about him over the years, or my like the the exposure I've had with IndyCar within the last two years, I. I don't want that. Like, I, I, I have a sort of childhood nostalgia for Takuma and for for him to finally uh, have the, the monkey that was once off his back back on his back. I said back four times in that sentence. <laughs> 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 it's uh, It hurts. It hurts for me and it hurts for a Sato fan. And it also hurts because I chose Scott Dixon as my um, main fantasy pick. So...
0: Yeah, f- f- it was it was a dark weekend for it fantasy. Uh, b- pretty much for everyone.
2: I've, if you look at the overall rankings, I think may- might have been only like the what the the top ten people who got like
0: more than hundred points in this race. Yeah, like well, you had to do really well and pick probably one of the people you didn't expect. Yeah, you didn't have to uh,
2: do well. You had to it- you had to be lucky, pretty much. Like it didn't even yeah, work just to pick-, to pick the worst of the worst. Even they crashed out.
0: You, you had to pick, somehow pick the cars that were going to be unaffected. And yeah. probably people did not expect the winner to be Will Power, because traditionally Will Power is not that spectacular on ovals, but he was able to get out in front, stay clear, and pick up a well-earned victory, considering what had happened this race. Yep.
1: You'd really have to oh, like nice. find the Who dark does? horse picks. That, like I think this is going to be the dark horse race for fantasy picks in the season,
0: <laughs> was, yes, might have been. <laughs> yes, it was You're just
3: like you could, like, put your hand over your head, like, close your eyes, and just pick at random, and you'd probably have as good, as good a chance as anyone else did picking on that race. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. There you go.
0: There you go. So, and let's before we run down the results, a lot of people were not happy by some of the incidents that had taken place. Uh, most notably with the incident we talked about with Tony Kanaan and also the incident on Pit Lane with James Hinchcliffe, where Hinchcliffe just, you know, just loses like spins out his car again because it happened twice in in Detroit where he just spins out his car. And oh, my God, like, I I don't know why he was surprised he got a penalty for that.
3: <laughs> well, did that happen during it, it, the it's race? Because he took out Sato. <laughs> It's like the if you take though. out Sato, that's enough for me to give you a penalty. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, where uh because I know like this eventually led up to his criticism during uh well after his incident with Kanan where Chip Ganassi basically said that James Hinchcliffe was trying to crash out there after <laughs> what had happened. Uh. And I forgot oh who else commented. I it wasn't it was, I think, it was Dixon after the race, where he basically said that the incident was down to inexperienced drivers, which is hilarious uh, because, oh, like,
3: oh, that's a big
2: generalization, there, man. <laughs> Didn't Dixon like just leave the track immediately?
0: Uh, it was like Tony. It was either Dixon or no, no, it was it was Ed Carpenter oh, who it said Carpenter. it was down to inexperienced. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh which he said it was down to inexperienced drivers which was hilarious when like most of the accidents were largely experienced drivers where like experienced drivers sparking the accident and then inexperienced drivers getting collected but again i'll run down i'll run down the results for everyone who actually i'll just do the top twelve because only 8 cars actually finished finish the race. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, we have our winner, Will Power. Uh, yeah. then we have second place, Tony Khan, who something like Tony Yeah, Kanaan. boy.
2: <laughs> I mean, l- let me Third. just go on record just real quick. I uh, I don't defend Tony Kanan for what he did, but I'm still happy that he finished second. That's that's all.
0: Yes, it should be noted that uh Tony did apologize and take blame for the accident. Chip Ganassi still hasn't, and I love...
2: (laughs) I guess it's a good thing uh, they're going to France this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, good thing, good thing. And uh, James Hinscliffe's response to uh, Chip Ganassi's comments, that's adorable.
4: Aww. (laughs) Just like he is. (laughs) Which has become...
0: ...quickly become a meme. I know hashtag that's adorable was trending that night. Oof. Really? Worldwide? Yes. Uh, At least in the United States. Well, the Keyboard Warriors are they...
3: Hinchcliffe is basically IndyCar's sort of meme dispenser. He just shits out a meme he, every yes. few weeks.
0: Yes. Third place, you have Simon Pagenaud. Fourth <laughs> place, Graham Rahal. Fifth place Wait. for Hardened Racing, Gabby Chavez. Yeah, what no, a we... lad. One of the incidents I do have to mention that ended up not resulting in anything was his overtake of Graham Rayhall which he got penalized for blocking which <laughs> I didn't like... I
2: didn't get that. <laughs> I don't know why.
0: What? Yeah, where he made an overtake on Graham Rayhall and they they made contact. So that, that into... was
3: the that was the one where like like on the broadcast you can actually see it on Rayhall's
2: visor cam.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: That was like, uh, they touched the, the wings a little bit, but that, that, I wouldn't call that blocking. Do you know
1: what yeah, lap that was that on? What lap was that?
0: I don't recall what lap it was on, but it was it was fairly early in the race. Gabby Chavez got penalized for blocking, so he ended up, you know, he position up back, going to the back of the grid and then working his way back up the fifth. Uh, sixth place, we have Marco Andretti. Uh, seventh place, last car in the lead lap. Uh, Connor Daly. Who? Woo! Get it,
4: Connor! <laughs> yes!
3: <laughs> Just doing that for the two people who might be listening. There you go. That's all you'll need. That's all you'll ever need.
0: Sup, Danny and Liz? <sighs> yes. Con- Connor Daly was involved in that last in that last incident that was caused by Takuma Sato, but he avoided <laughs> the wreck. Sato. Spun out, avoiding the wreck. Avoided making contact with the outside or inside walls, and was able to bring it home on the lead lap in 7th place. He must be a magician. (laughs) Nah, luck of the Irish fam. (laughs) Uh, 8th place a lap down, Max Chilton. Yes, Maximum. Yes, Max Chilton was the last car running. Probably ninth could have place. been a
1: higher if he avoided the accident because he collected Dixon in that accident. Like, he had his front wing yeah. off and everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, ninth place, Scott Dixon. Tenth place, Takuma Sato. Eleventh place, Ed Carpenter. Twelfth place, J.R. Hildebrand. Thirteenth place, Joseph Newgarden, 14th place James Hinchcliffe, 15th place Mikhaila Lotion, 16th place Tristan Vautier, 17th place his Dale Coyne teammate Ed Jones, 18th place Carlos Munoz, 19th place Hunter Ray, 20th place Elio Katharinevas, 21st place Charlie Kimball, and last but not least, 22nd place Alexander Rossi.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm amazed that two of the starters in the top 3 are the bottom two like finishers. Cuz they left us early. And for the championship,
0: I'll run down the top uh top 10. Top 10 seems fair. Okay. First place again, well, again and still your championship leader, Scott Dixon at 326 points. Second place Simon Pagano at 313. Third place Takuma Sato at 312. Ooh. Fourth place Elio Neves at 305. Fifth place Will Power at 3 at 286. Sixth place Graham Rahal Hall still mm. at 283. Seventh place Joseph Newgarden, which two 277. It's it's seeming more and more likely that. That that's where the cutoff for title contention is. Joseph Newgarden's gonna be the last guy out, unfortunately. No. Then we go down to Tony Cannon with 260 with 264. Alexander Rossi at two at 254. And then tenth place, James Hinchcliffe at 232. And yeah, that's our top ten in the championship, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's going to be very heated between the guys in the top six with Graham Ray Hall. Graham Ray Hall Ray Hall, Power, Castro Nevis, Sato, Pagino, and Dixon. Where it it, it feels like we're just at the halfway mark in the season, and we still really don't have a champion like a championship a ch- a favorite champ- yet. Yeah. Uh Though, if I really had to pick someone to win this title, I, I want to say it, it's pro. I want to say Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato pulling off oh. the double. Oh, wow. I, like I
3: want to. I want to say like Takuma Sato will be my favorite because like, but it would. But like, my head, like my heart, definitely says Sato. But like, my head is sort of leaning towards either nevers or Dixon. But like, you know, if you know, if I were to, <laughs> if I were to, <laughs> to sort of test fate, then Tsukumasato would be the champion already, but, you know, it doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, like, I, I favor Dixon, obviously, on the road courses, but we s- we still have, you know, three ovals to go. We have Iowa, which, obviously, Joseph Newgarden's going to be the favorite there. Maybe he could pull himself back in the championship contention with another dominant performance in Iowa. Mm. But, mm. again, like, of the races we have left, we obviously have Road America, uh... Iowa. Then we head to the streets of Toronto. Then Mid Ohio. Then Pocono. Then Gateway. Then Watkins Glen. Then the double points finale in Sonoma. So it's pretty much we're pretty much even on road courses and ovals up until the finale at Sonoma. So it, I think it might again go down to the wire at Sonoma.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that'll be
0: fun. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be fun. And we can bash double points again. <laughs> <laughs> I but,
1: just want yeah, ba- to win a title. We'll bash it until, uh, well, bash it until uh, I you. see that double points uh, help me uh, get up in the fantasy standings and then I come out as a surprise victor and I get me a nice <laughs> Motorsport 101 t-shirt. Yeah, keep
0: dreaming, Charlie. Keep uh. dreaming. <laughs> keep dreaming. And one story that didn't involve the race, but involved the race broadcast. Ah, involved yes. involved one Fernando Alonso calling into the broadcast booth at NBCSN. And yes. probably, what like he, you know, Alonso said that he was, you know, back in, in Montreal watching the race on his computer. And they asked him one question that got the ears of everyone in the motorsports world, <laughs> where... The broadcast crew asked Alonzo, would he consider doing a full season in IndyCar, and he re- he notably he paused, he had to think about it, and then he just replied, "Why not?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that. Get hyped. Keep Get everyone hyped. hyped for
3: for a, for a bad payoff when he says he's in for F one for the next season.
2: Yeah, he's gonna move to, back to Reno, back home. Uh.
3: <laughs> but it's like? No, just go like, just go, just revive Minardi and go back there. Yeah, go go back to Toro Rosso. just there.
0: Huh. But like, I I don't want to ask if Alonso comes to IndyCar. But let's say let's say he comes for a full season. Zach Brown has already said like, McLaren's years away from a full season entry into IndyCar. Who does he drive for?
1: Uh, well, uh, Rossi's got um andretti with curb at Agagenian. i think that's how you pronounce right. it yeah
3: it's like at least someone in andretti autosport so i think he like he's at least built trust with one team and one team leader that being michael andretti so like you know the the the, the main guess would probably be andretti autosport somewhere yeah i wouldn't yes. necessarily i wouldn't necessarily think he'd go anywhere else unless he was like you know, really, really ambitious. Like, <laughs> like see him in, like, some <laughs> motorsports. So, like
0: so, so can we already confirm next year, well, not next season, next year, Fernando Alonso will be driving for Andretti Autosport in Formula E. <laughs> <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. Close <laughs> <then>. <laughs> but yeah, like, I really hope to see Alonso at least do one full-time season in, in in IndyCar because man, just just him at the five hundred, like I I really did not care about the hype train surrounding him, but him on track was fantastic to watch. Yeah, it was. bellissimo
2: <laughs> I mean okay. isn't isn't Sato it was on one year contract, couldn't you just move him to Formula E Yeah, and Sato's then put him on in a there? one
0: year contract.
2: <laughs> yeah, just so
0: if, like if If Honda was really so bold to be like, okay, uh, screw you, McLaren. We're taking Alonso and we're leaving.
3: I would hate that.
2: I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that.
3: Of course you won't, Matt. Mr. I love Tony Kanaan.
0: (laughs) Okay, but speaking of Alonso, McLaren, and Honda, I think it's time for... Well, our main event is F1 main still event. the main event? In large air quotes. <laughs> Canadian Grand Prix on the World Championship calendar, Crofty. It is not the 50th Canadian Grand Prix overall. <laughs> get that straight now. Ow! Am I ever Fucking glad? Hell. Like,
1: usually the commentators, like that I hear at the Canadian Grand Prix. I mean, they might be lousy, but I'm glad they didn't get that one wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. I he mean, they would was... know better. Not, not only did he say it was the 50th Canadian Grand Prix, he also said that it was. The 50th Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal, which, oh, like, no. is so... Doubly- Suck <laughs> egg. You are
3: so crap. Maybe they did this just to bait
1: Crofty, see if he'd fall for it. And he did, oh. he did the whole thing. <laughs> I'm it's, looking you know, forward it, to it, that it, it, on MSTF1.
2: I'm looking forward okay. to that, too. Like, it's like in Anchorman, we, where uh, Ron Burgundy just sees a talent propter. If you put it on the space he would probably say, Fuck you, Montreal.
3: Oh, yeah, let's just just make a a racetrack named after this guy in 1967 that we don't know at all. (laughs) Who's Gilles Villeneuve? Yeah, just slap his name on there.
0: That's how it it came up. Just so we can clarify, I'm going to just do a brief history of the Canadian Grand Prix. Just to clarify, just in case you're listening out there, David Croft, the first Canadian Grand Prix was hosted was hosted at MoSport at Mo in 1961. It joined the, the World Championship calendar for the 1967 season. That's why this year is the 50th World Championship Canadian Grand Prix. And the Canadian Grand Prix did not first race in Montreal until
1: 1978. Secret de Gilles Villeneuve. Yeah, it wasn't called yes. the Secret
2: de Gilles Villeneuve back then because he was no, still alive. Uh,
1: There's no it. due. Circuit yeah. Circuit. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to please all the Canadians.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, when it was first added to the calendar, I'm pretty sure it was called C- Circuit Il Notre Dame.
2: Yeah. After, the, uh, after mm-hmm. the island it's in.
0: Yes, yes. And yeah, it was hosted at most before then. It like, for a brief period, it seemed like Canada, they were going to rotate between Ontario and Quebec. They were going to host it at MoSport and, and Mont Blanc, but they decided to scrap that, host at MoSport. Then they moved it permanently to Montreal. And it's been there ever since? Yes, it's been there ever since. Crofty, learn your facts. <laughs> <I'll face laughs> but yeah, facts. Wh- w- one of us was luckily you know, luckily enough, able to attend this year's Canadian Grand Prix. Here
1: we Charlie? go. Charlie? <laughs> the floor is mine. Yes. Go ahead. So, um, for reference, the 2017 Canadian Grand Prix was the 13th Canadian Grand Prix I've been to. I've been going ever since 2004. Um, so yeah, I'm a veteran at this. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> Rag right about it.
1: Um, and, it's only in recent years that I've uh, tried to take notice of uh, drivers attending event attending the event to try to stalk them and uh, see where they are. Mm-hmm. And it started on Wednesday where um uh, at the Old Port of Montreal, I saw Esteban Ocon posted about zip lining there. So I went there at a little past 5 and uh, there, uh, I saw Esteban Ocon uh, going on the zipline. line. Uh, he had a GoPro on a, a stick, and he would, I think it was his GoPro, but it may have been his phone on a selfie stick. But yeah, it was like going over uh, the water and like going over the boardwalk, and it just looked really cool. It looked like it was a lot of fun, and down there, I
0: don't know. Part of that story is like, oh, Esteban Ocon with a selfie stick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Zoolander 3 featuring O'Connor. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, he had the selfie stick when he was ziplining and, and mm. like, that's not enough it's that he's holding it over water like if he drops it, that's just like hundreds of dollars gone
3: Oh, Esteban doesn't care
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, While I was uh, on the boardwalk, I was uh, lucky enough to have a bit of a conversation with Uh, a movie star reporter I think it was who Matt's actually had the honor of roasting in one of his MSCF1 Uh, episodes Noemi de Miguel
2: Yeah, she's actually um, uh, the movie star Espana reporter for F1 actually so uh, I I I I just didn't know who she was back then but now I actually do
1: Yeah Um, After that I went to an event at at Dorchester Square in Montreal uh, which had the main place du cinquantième celebrations which in English translates to place of the 50th um, in which it's oh, the lovely. 50th anniversary of F1 in Canada yes uh, and so uh, there uh, speaking uh, on behalf of uh, uh, F1 in Canada for 50 years there was a RDS presenter Pierre Hood uh, RDS translates to Réseau des Sports, which is a essentially a French-language TSN, which is already Canadian ESPN. Just for reference. Uh, there was also Eric Boulier, of all people. I, I'm not sure why he was there, but <laughs> just roll with it, I guess. It's like he it speaks French, enough. so might as well yeah. have... Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But, uh, I'm surprised they didn't have Ocon there, frankly, like if they were trying to get all the French speakers there and then the other people they had there were, um, Romain Grosjean, since he's French, and, of course, the big man himself, Lance Stroll,
4: Mm, and
1: they had everyone cheering really loud for him, uh, and so, yeah, they interview him, they ask Lance, like, oh, what's it like to be in, uh, Montreal and, like, race here, it's like, It's a dream come true. It's what I've wanted ever since I was little. I'd watch the cars go around now to be part of it, something spectacular or uh, like some drivel like that that I expect to hear. Um, But yeah, it was a great atmosphere. And uh, immediately afterwards, when it concluded, Lance got swarmed. And I mean swarmed (laughs) by everyone, like asking for autographs and... Like signing his hat, because they have uh, these, they were giving out these snapbacks of uh, Williams Martini Racing, and they had the LS initials stitched onto the back. And they had. Yeah, because
0: I know he was tossing them into the grandstand during the the you know parade lap before the race.
1: Yeah, they did that on the grandstand. They were also doing it on Thursday at the open house, and uh, they did it Wednesday at the Plex du Saint celebration, and uh, on the way back to uh, the. At uh, Metro, I saw Romain Grosjean walking. I guess he was walking back to his hotel. So I quipped to him, hopefully have working breaks this weekend. Oh, <laughs> hey! oh Nice Jesus
3: one. Christ. <laughs>
1: uh, I think he laughed it off. I like, uh, thought, like, ha-ha, thanks or something like that. And I, I fist bumped him, which was really cool. And...
3: Do you reckon, like deep down inside, he was absolutely
1: furious? That
2: he said, that. It's "Like, how dare that kid say that to me?" Well, he's I, the one always complaining about the breaks, so I guess he just—he—he yeah. he, he yeah. probably thinks to himself, "Someone understands me."
4: <laughs>
1: Someone. Out there. Um, yeah, that, that was a uh, super cool, and most importantly of all, I gave Chris a new uh, thumbnail for his drunk Twitter.
3: Oh, lovely! Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> it's Like I'm probably not going to use it, considering I haven't been drunk since about May. But you know, it's it, I'm 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 coming in with open arms. It, basically, my my last um, uh, drunk Twitter thumbnail was a cross-eyed Will Stevens, which I sort of loosely photoshopped myself one day in 2015. So I need like needed a change of pace. It was either that or the phallic Sergeant Bash. Thing I use for my Google Hangouts
1: well, God forbid anyone so sees for that, that more you. than they have to
3: I <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: uh, fix things that aren't broke? <laughs>
1: yes. There you yes. go uh, So Thursday uh, I went to the open house but I got there a bit late so I didn't get to see the drivers and get their autographs unfortunately Like I already did that last year so um, yeah um, like nothing new Although, I forgot to mention, on Wednesday night, uh, I got invited to an event with the Scuderia Ferrari Club of Montreal, because uh, I'm a member with them. That's how you know I'm a big Ferrari, Mark, that I'm a member of their (laughs) official (laughs) fan club in Montreal.
3: (laughs)
4: Jesus.
1: Uh, So, yeah, I went there, and uh, there was going to be people speaking there, and it was at an indoor go-kart track, so they'd also be racing around the track. And... The most important of people who were there was Antonio Giovinazzi.
0: Yeah, Gio. boy, the real GP2 champion.
1: <laughs> the, sorry,
0: gotta gotta use that reservist role while I got it. <sighs>
1: <laughs> there you go. And so the first time I see him, I like I say, "Hey, Antonio," and I shake hands with him. Uh, the second time, I think uh, I like he was taking questions, so the question I ask is. Uh, did your relationship with Gasly get strained while you were fighting for the GP2 title? And he answered by saying, uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of tension that always uh, comes up with uh, this kind of thing, but uh, like uh, through it all, uh, me and Pierre have uh, remained good friends or something like that. Um, So yeah, it was uh, cool to hear from him on that perspective. And then I ended up taking a, a recording of video with him. Uh, Matt may put it in a future mm-hmm. episode of MSTF1 for reference.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see about that. I'll try to fit it in.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: well,
3: Matt has very special requests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, It's funny because I,
2: la- I didn't actually request this one, but it was a nice surprise still. <laughs>
0: it's like, you, be- you better be careful because next thing you know, Gio's never going to be an F1. <laughs> Look what happened to <laughs> Felipe <laughs> Nasr. <No. laughs>
2: Yeah, I kind of have a story Don't of jinxing. Don't play with my heartstrings
1: like that. Ryan. <laughs> uh, next time, I'm, uh, if, if I see Valtteri again this season, then uh, I'll know what to do. No,
2: no, 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 no. Go for John, go for go for Julian Palmer. Please, go for Julian Palmer. Fuck
1: off. Fuck off. Let me have my moment, Matt.
3: Charlie, do it. I swear, I will. I will PayPal you sixty-nine
1: cents if you do it. Well, I'm already waiting on the 69 cents for... Uh, no, so no, Callum friends.
3: beat you on that one.
1: Ugh. Oh. Uh, yeah, but what else happened your weekend? Um, so that night also I read a tweet that Liz sent to me that I should tell him, and then I read the, Liz's tweet aloud to him, and I think he laughed <laughs> or something, and then when I told her that I read the tweet aloud to him, she's like, you're my hero, I love you, OMG. <laughs> what, what was the tweet? Because I missed it. Um, you want to fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. If, if, that, was hap- if that happened, I'm going to that.
3: It's just, like, it, like it seems you were the one asking
4: it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, if I pull it up, but because uh, I think in the past, like, or the recent history, most of my tweets or interactions with her about her listening to africa by toto for the last several days because she'd hear it for like a month or she was hearing it for a month like ever since she left rindy uh but anyways
0: well, now, now i feel bad for for all our listeners out there because we all know through through the bader meinhoff effect now you'll be listening to toto <laughs> but like, yeah, you'll right. be listening to I africa to by, by toto <laughs> every day
1: uh, that's fine uh, I, already, I don't i'm already that past song. that face I mean,
2: if you don't, then at least listen to Hold the Line because that's a very begging tune.
1: <laughs> Alright, uh, will do. Uh, put on my Spotify. Uh, so anyway, uh, she tweeted to me, please tell him that I love him with my whole entire heart and that he might not be driving, but he's still number one in my heart.
0: I oh, read it aloud oh. to him,
1: and <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, he enjoyed seeing that. Or he thought Adorable. it was humorous. <laughs> and so uh, Thursday, uh, after uh, the open house thing, or I miss the drivers, uh, I walk through all the garage, or I walk past all the garages, and I see uh, the teams working on the cars. And so, uh, what happened was uh, actually Sebastian Vettel was in the Ferrari garage, and so people saying like Vettel, hey Vettel, like Seb, or like hey or something like that um I didn't really partake in that too much uh, because like I've already had um a Ferrari jacket signed by Vettel and Giovinazzi actually signed that jacket on Wednesday uh also on that jacket are the signatures of uh, Fernando Alonso uh, Felipe Massa and uh one I uh, treasure most Jules Bianchi
4: mm. oh
1: yeah so, so it's got a lot of sentiment to me that jacket um but uh, f- further along, uh, when I got to the end, uh, I saw Daniel Caveat walking along the track. So I like say, hi, Daniel. Um, and then I, see- I saw Kevin Magnuson walking. So I waved to him. And also earlier I saw James Allison. I shook his hand. Like I said, hi, James. So that, that was also pretty cool. And then it was
0: it was it was that it was that handshake that just
1: powered Mercedes to their eventual victory. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Uh, next time I'll see if I can uh, shake a Mark. No, never Marquioni. Like Marquioni wouldn't be around there, but maybe someone from Ferrari.
4: Yeah.
1: Wait, why why
2: would a Marquioni be there? He's Canadian.
1: Uh, well, I mean, like not n- n- <laughs> on the open house, like not walking amongst the crowd. Ah, okay. Like he'd get swarmed, kind of like Lance was. Oh,
2: um, I don't know. Just try to infiltrate the garage and do it there.
1: If well, I yeah, I'd get removed. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty mm. sure Sergio
0: is like avoiding North America at all costs since shutting down <laughs> the Viper program. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so wh- uh, after that, like when I got to the end, I saw um, of all people. Uh, like, I'm surprised he recognized me. I see Davide Valsecki, and yeah. I shout, Valsecki! And he turns around, and he waves. <laughs> and Aww. I saw him, like...
3: I love Davide so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, so do <laughs> I. And I remember, like, you tweeting how, like, awesome it was that I met him, and you said, you're having a manic day. Oh, but I remember earlier, uh, like, there's a uh, artist who do draws up, or drops of the drivers, and yeah. they... Put it on these uh, banners on the way uh, into uh, the circuit for people to see on one of the bridges, and also uh, uh, at the entrance of the circuit. And they had previous winners of the Canadian Grand Prix for this year, so I see one of Kimi Räikkönen. I snap it to Chris, and then I open it in a crowd of people waiting at the open house and. um, cover your ears this is NSFW <laughs> I will end your f- or I will fucking end your frail existence charlie
3: Yeah, I, I did i did tweet that i will ap- yeah and i meant it with my heart because you know if you if you're actively going out to tweet kimmy to me <laughs> Especially people with the shirt saying bois, <laughs> worst in oh. fucking F1 history. You know, you'll go, you'll go, you expect the most NSFW aren't, like response.
4: <laughs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> so. Uh,
3: that was fun. It pains me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how Chris feels about Kimmy.
0: Yes, yes. As if we didn't know. Yeah for, yeah, for the two people out there who did not know.
3: <laughs> That's 100%. That's 100% now. Just needed, you know, you either you get everyone or you get no one.
1: <laughs> gotta cover all bases. Uh, gotta get full coverage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that night, I went to this bar on Crescent called Brewtopia, uh, where it's the word brew, but they replaced the EW with Utopia. Uh, cool place. <laughs> uh,
3: Thanks for the explanation, Charlie. <laughs> uh, c- uh, carry c- Continue,
4: on. <laughs> continue.
1: Okay. Uh, so I, I met with people of the, uh, Reddit Formula One community, uh, because oh, they, they were doing, uh, some meetups around, uh, Montreal mm-hmm. that weekend. I was actually informed of this by Sarah a few months prior, so, uh, I kept that in mind, uh. A friend of the show, Sarah Connors, on the Grid Girls. uh, Just reference. So yeah, uh, I met them, and they're all really cool people. Like I, I had a conversation with a few of them, and like it, it just it amazes me how Formula One can bring so many people together, like from different walks of life.
0: Yes. Yes thankfully that they're much nicer in person than on the subreddit. Yes, well,
2: they, they kind of have to be. They, they're not yeah. in front of stupid nicknames. <laughs>
3: it's like, you might have met Kimi Quoker.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> just comes in and like, all right? Imagine what he is like in real life.
3: He's probably like the nicest human being on the planet, but when he goes on Reddit, he's like, Kimi Raikkonen is the best! Fuck Bottas! <laughs>
0: He's, he's, he's probably like a finished social worker who works for like the World <laughs> <laughs> Health Organization.
1: Yeah. Chris, you, you and him should be in the same room together at some point. And oh my we God,
3: we it. kill each other. <laughs> That's I why we need to record here it. I'm talking to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the last day of Chris Cook's life. Or the last day of Kimmy Koko's <laughs> life.
3: If, or both. <laughs> yeah, probably. Die <laughs> fatigue more than anything else.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what uh, that was like uh, And also there was a, What I call a rival podcast uh, In Flatout Fever They were live streaming the whole thing On their YouTube channel uh, oh,
0: no, no, no offense to those
1: guys But no, I'm not going to say anything No, don't uh. start any beef now <laughs> Yeah better well, not Leave
3: it to the post, po- yeah, post po- th- th- This uh, is podcast. Canada
1: we're talking about And in Canada we like to be polite So good <laughs> call King uh, Friday was a different story because uh, on Friday, uh, oh, it actually, as a matter of fact, I saw Noah Me on my way to the bar that night. <laughs> like, believe it or not, like just walking mm-hmm. along Crescent. I said, hi, how are you? That sort of thing. And uh, yeah. on the way out, I saw Rob Smedley eating dinner. I'm like, hey, Rob. Oh. Like, best of luck this weekend. And You said hi to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you, I did. You,
0: you should have told, told Rob. It's like, you better get... Lance points. or we riot? Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that, like because I I Canada's polite most of the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just
0: very sarcastic, so <laughs> it usually just comes off as a joke.
1: <laughs> I'm not the great. I'm not the greatest at picking up on that sort of thing. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Friday, uh, I go to the track for. Free practice one, um, and yeah, free practice uh, one is uh, cool and all. I see things happening. I see, um, I see signs breaking down. I see Alonso breaking down. Uh, your standard uh, FP one stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Alonso breaking down at least. Yeah,
0: <laughs> standard for McLaren. <laughs> uh,
1: so. After that, I I ate lunch in the casino, and the casino is actually a really nice place, and, I mean, stay away if you have a gambling problem, but if you...
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think it'll be much, you'll have to do much more for someone, for, like, imagine, like, an actual, like, guy with a gambling addict hears this, and is like, yeah, I (laughs) Yeah, I,
0: I probably should not attend the Canadian Grand Prix and not go to the casino... This Canadian
3: uh, kart racer told me
0: <laughs> the thing I needed to know. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, let me let me not go to aircanada.com and book a flight to Montreal for next year's race. <laughs> it's like, mm. <laughs> Should I go through all that trouble? Mm.
1: Yeah, Air Canada's not got the best reputation of Canadian uh, uh, air, or I guess uh, flight companies. Mm. Um,
0: I'm pretty sure they don't have the best reputation in general.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're no United. <laughs> they're no United.
0: You Ooh. you won't get forcefully reaccommodated, but the service you will receive will be poor.
2: I mean, that balances that balances it out, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> um. So uh, after uh, practice happened uh, that night, I decided to. Uh, go to another event hosted by the reddit f1 community in which uh, at hurley's irish pub also on crescent where will buxton was hosting a quote-unquote tweet up,
4: tweet
1: and, up. <laughs> uh, yeah i'm not sure why it's called that but essentially what it is is he goes onto a stage and he uh, like uh, talks about being an f1 and like what he sees and uh so some of the things that he hears and then he goes and takes a question period from the crowd and i met some uh, really lovely people uh that night i mean not not necessarily just from the reddit f1 community but also uh, some cool people who work with some of the f1 teams uh, doing uh, certain things and uh, they're all lovely people I, I had a great time there uh while we were yeah. yeah while we're there will told us about some secret inner workings in F1 that you wouldn't normally hear about on uh, places like Sky or Autosport so so
0: are you telling us you're going to give us the exclusive or you can't tell us on the air and we have to just all the listeners out there just have to twiddle their thumbs and be
1: like hopefully one day I'll meet Charlie and he'll <laughs> let me know well, if, if, but does Will Buxton follow you guys?
3: Not me. Um, no he doesn't follow me um, I wish he did. Follow. Well, if you're listening to this, follow me on Twitter.
2: <laughs> me too. I'm, me too. I'm. I'm really funny. Me too. <laughs>
1: um, I, I think it, it'd be best for me to wait and to, until we go off air because there's someone. Uh, one of the you listeners, or one of you listeners, could be followed by Buxton or have a contact with him, and if, if I put that word out, things may not go over so smoothly. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's best
0: keep that. Let's best keep that down because people on the
1: subreddit do listen to this show.
2: Ooh, we're gonna go off the record.
1: Well, shit. (laughs) shit. Hey, hey, Kimmy (laughs) Koka. He's
3: just like
2: a. He's just a closet listener. No, you say it now after all that happened five (laughs) minutes ago.
1: So when am I going to be on back? Uh,
0: (laughs) Maybe for Canada
1: next year. (laughs) You're going to have to just wait a while.
2: Uh, I don't know. Are we going to Toronto? IndyCar?
1: This year, unfortunately, I don't think I am. So I'll have to skip on. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I guess uh, Saturday's up next. Yeah, Saturday, um, I go uh, for morning practice uh and like honestly i, f- I forget uh, what happened practice but yeah i mean uh, it was saturday was fun it, it uh, had all kinds of cool things going on uh, that was the day where I, I definitely walked around the most uh on uh, uh the uh the site to just see everything uh, out and so what there was was that there was a, a heineken uh terrace w- which uh is sort of uh, situated between what I want to say is the back straight and the run to, or I I think it's situated right between the back straight and the chicane at the end of the second sector. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I, I went to there last year, it was pretty good, but... Um, Something I remember uh, Dre talking about a a few episodes back was how he went to Brands Hatch with Johnson. uh, And uh, was it for World Superbikes?
0: Yes, it was for World (laughs) Superbikes.
1: Right. He talked about how there was a $900 price hike for what I think was a bottle of water or a bottle of Coca-Cola. Yeah.
0: I think it, not nine hundred dollars. I think it was like nine, like nine pounds. Nine hundred percent. I don't know what yeah. I said dollars, but yeah, percent <laughs> price hike. Imagine um, paying 900
2: dollars for a coke. <laughs> no, no. Well I mean, like, what, the, the,
1: that, that like one butter. time
3: you'd ever buy a hundred dollars for coke. It's not the carbonated.
2: <laughs> <software>. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Escobar family, if you're listening to this, uh, you know where to find us. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I knew I was gonna do that, um, but yeah. So they they serve a Heineken for, or they serve a standard three hundred fifty five milliliter a, uh, a cup of Heineken for eight dollars and twenty five cents Canadian. Jesus. Well,
0: got, gotta make, gotta make that sponsorship deal money back somehow. I yeah, mean, you um, think
2: that being sponsored, it would sell it cheaper. <laughs>
0: No, 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 they pay money to Formula One. They need to make that money back.
3: <laughs> they could at least make it, like, $5, and they, it was, it's like it would give more people a chance to buy that shit.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm trying to find a price, uh, but I can't seem to find it. Although, uh, something I did know, is, uh, which I think will give us an accurate uh, representation of the price hike. So... Uh, pizza Pizza was there. Uh, they're a chain pizza company in uh, Canada. Uh, I've had their pizza. It's pretty good. It's uh, not sure it's on par with that of Domino's, but I mean for fast food pizza, they uh, you, you'd be hard you'd be hard pressed to find fast food, food pizza that isn't good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like Pizza Pizza is like the pizza standard for Canada. It is <laughs> the average pizza in
1: Canada. Indeed. So uh, I'm I'm looking online. It says that you can buy a single pizza for eight twenty five, and I'm assuming that's eight twenty five for the whole pizza. But they were serving pizza slices there for five fifty for just one slice. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> oh my God. If you divide the pizza, if you divide a single pizza in uh, eight from eight twenty five, you'd get. Um, what I think would be $1.03, and if you divided it into six, it would give you, uh, $1.38, so...
0: So you're paying double.
1: You're basically paying double. What? You're you're paying quintuple, relatively. (sighs) Yes, yes, if it's an eight-slice pizza.
0: (laughs) Oh my god
1: um although i guess no
3: 101 where we talk about the canadian talk about pizzas more than the current canadian grand prix whoa, whoa there you we'll, go.
1: Get, we'll get
0: the sunday <laughs> we'll get the <to> sunday
3: <laughs> jokes jokes, <laughs> jokes.
1: um hmm. well i'm i'm just uh, calculating it now i think uh if if it was uh, six sliced it looked to me like it was sliced in a six I mean, it could have mm-hmm. easily been in an eight but looked more like six in which case they're serving five fifty for that, so I think that would be something like a 300% price hike, I want to say. Or like a, it's yeah. times three, like one slice times three mm-hmm. there. Just gotta a,
0: get that pizza money.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, got, you gotta get uh, money somehow. So yeah, no, no shortage of uh, expensive foods at uh, racing events being sold, or corporate racing events at least. <laughs> um, beautiful. Yeah, very but, beautiful know, the,
0: the, the most eventful thing To happen that Saturday At least was to all of us yeah, to At least all of us at home was qualifying Where we had <laughs> Lewis Hamilton Tie Ayrton Center's Career pole mark And then receive A race-worn helmet You know, an Ayrton Center race-worn helmet
4: yeah, it, from I, the I like
3: to mark that day as the first day Lewis Hamilton professed emotion since Ligate. <laughs> 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 That's what I like to like profess this day. I mean, it was lovely seeing him, like, how he reacted to it. I was like, oh, Lewis. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> what about the 2014 uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix?
3: I, you know, you, funny you say that. That was the last day I was a Lewis Hamilton fan. I was absolutely... <laughs> over the moon when he won it, so hmm, I don't, really, I don't really know Not like, I don't think it would in terms of like reaction I'd say his first championship was probably his like most absolutely, you know, emotionally unbearable race he could get, not because Massa lost the championship because he didn't deserve it, shut the fuck um, up <laughs> but um but because it was so fucking on the line, last corner, last lap. But yeah, great to see Hamilton get something he like like re- relive our childhood memory in 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 a way that none of us would have um necessarily thought
1: about. Friendly reminder: I'm on the uh, Scuderia Ferrari Club of Montreal. So hearing that, I'm on the same boat as you, Matt. <laughs> I'll put it that way.
0: Thank you. I'm making Thank a lot you. of friends here. <laughs> But yeah, it was nice to see Lewis receive such a fantastic present. And as a a lot of people pointed out, that the helmet he actually received was a replica. That Mm. really shouldn't matter because he still gets, you know, the race-worn helmet, you know, sent to his home to keep forever.
2: Yes, I believe it's the Monaco 1987 helmet. It was his first win in Monaco. Senna's first win in Monaco, in this case.
1: I'd love to see the yeah. Schumacher family do that if, like, um, Ocon won something or, I, I, apart from Ocon, who would you... S- oh, I guess Vettel, yeah, Vettel, yeah, Vettel. Yeah, Vettel. Ocon's French. Right, yeah, but I um, it, uh, Schumacher was his hero, growing like he modeled oh, his helmet after yeah. Schumacher, like yeah, it's a carting helmet. Yeah, and like,
0: and it's like, Lewis Hamilton is British, so like. <laughs> There
1: you go.
3: Yeah, I guess there's more less of a barrel than <laughs> I originally thought. My bad.
0: But yeah. As they lined up on the grid, it was Hamilton on pole, Vettel second, Botas third, Raikkonen in fourth, Verstappen fifth, Ricardo sixth, Massa seventh, Perez eighth, Ocon ninth, and Hulkenberg in tenth. And Sunday the start was chaotic. It wasn't Texas chaotic, but it was chaotic. <laughs>
2: It, they they were trying to top them off, certainly.
0: They, they were they were trying to make trying to give the the, the rain guard water sealer six hundred a run for their money. Yeah. Just
3: throwing all their cards down in the in the first lap and hoping it will go well mm-hmm. after.
0: Yeah, the the most notable first lap incident was, as it first appeared, it just seemingly looked like, well. As the cameras just you know shifted to it. Yeah. Uh Carlos Sainz Jr and Felipe Massa were just seemingly just out of the race. And then looking back on replay, uh Sainz made a move, tried to make a move in front of Ruben Grosjean, essentially took himself out and collected Felipe Massa in the process. Grosjean had front wing damage and had to pit for it, which obviously hurt his race. And man oh man, this- the takes were flying from Romain Grosjean. Well,
1: I mean, when you Romain Grosjean, Romain Grosjean, I mean, you can't expect things to end well.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're going to get Romain yeah. Grosjean right back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to get Grosjean so hard. But, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Grosjean made comments which are not
1: fit to air. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't hear it. Like, I heard that there was a really high voice, but all I heard were V6's blasting past. But, yeah, it sounded like he was unhappy, but I'm sure it went way beyond that.
4: <laughs>
1: but even after that, things got even more crazy because
0: before the race had even started, De- Daniil Kvyat had stalled his Toro Rosso on the grid, uh, which under... Every other circumstance I don't know why He thought it would be different If you stall your car On the grid Before the formation lap When you line up On the grid You have to start From the back yeah. When he lined up On the grid He lined up In 11th place Meaning he would Receive a penalty And this is where Things got weird The stewards Decided to give him A drive through penalty then later announced they made a mistake after he had taken the drive through penalty and said no, he should receive a 10-second stop-and-go penalty. So he had to serve that penalty as well. <sighs> then, oh man. His quote was
3: pretty, pretty interesting. Yes, I'll read out his
0: quote. Yep. They, they, as in the FIA, have a job to do, which is not so difficult in my opinion. And they cannot do the job properly. They were clearly sleeping today in their office, so maybe they need some coffee there. They should cancel this stupid rule. Who is this rule for? Are we taxi drivers here, or Formula One drivers? I don't understand this. It's a circus. It's a stupid fucking circus. (laughs) Ow!
1: Yikes. He's never been the same since he's been at Coro (laughs) Rosso. He's
0: never been the same. He he's been traumatized by his stint at Red Bull, his demotion. Yeah. Just ooh, but I do feel for him. I I don't understand why this is a rule when it's perfectly po- like it's it's not dangerous for him to move back up into his eleventh place grid position.
3: It's just against the rules.
0: Yeah, it's just against yeah, it's the just rules. It's just against the rules. Yes, it's just against the rules in place. But the the double jeopardy, him being charged for the same for the same penalty twice, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He deserves it, some
1: compensation for that. I mean, maybe like bump him up a few grid spots the next race. Nah, that will be win unfair
2: win. to the. I hope it will be unfair to everybody else though.
0: Mm. Yeah, like. What they should have done in this situation, if they realized they messed up and it should have been a 10-second stop-and-go, they should have just simply added 10 seconds to his race time after the race was over.
2: Mm. Yeah,
3: I have to put him through the...
0: <laughs> Instead of having... That you, that yep, thing, you got to drive so through pit lane again. Yeah. Then stop, wait for 10 seconds, then drive out of pit lane again after you had already driven down pit lane. Yes, it, It's probably the craziest Stewart's decision I've ever seen. I've never seen them make a mistake, then make that mistake.
1: Yeah. I think the stewards are pure Gasly fans.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Still salty about this being in Super Formula.
0: (laughs) Probably, like, my favorite thing to do, I do this about mid-season, is to go onto the FIA website, because they list who the... the stewards are for each Grand Prix, and I'm gonna see who are the stewards for this year's Canadian Grand Prix. Cause there's usually one or two names that stick out. There's always a driver steward, so there's gonna be a gonna name. Be a name and
3: shame w- session here.
0: Yes, a shame session. Mm. Shame. Because I know recently they've been trying to, I wouldn't say hide their official documents, but try to like make it difficult to access.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, One thing we didn't mention on the start as well was when Max Verstappen made that well I want to say beautiful but at the same time stupid move uh, to go into second place in the race when he actually clipped a little bit of Sebastian Vettel's front wing and ended up ruining his race but uh, still, he managed to jump from, from what, from fourth to second? That was still... Yeah, fourth to second. That yeah. was
0: very impressive. For that was very impressive. impressive that move was. Still, I didn't even you
3: know, know he was there. That. He just suddenly popped up as yeah. he came through the second
0: corner. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, there are two names that I recognize here. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to read them all out. First one, uh, he's also a steward in the World Touring Car Championship, Gary Connolly. I... And he's also a member of the, the World Motorsport Council. Uh, also, one of the FIA vice presidents, Jose Abed, was uh, a steward. And the third steward, the driver steward, was
1: former Formula One driver Derek Daly. Uh, huh. <laughs> I heard Derek. I thought it was going to be Derek Warwick. Maybe not this time. Nope. <laughs> Derek, I thought it was going to be Derek
0: Warwick as well. Derek Daly. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, like, seeing man. as how his son's doing, like he, there needs to be someone to feel his pain.
0: Yeah, I like father, like stunting, as they always say. It's like, oh, my son's not having a good year. Yeah. Better it better like make sure someone else does not have a good day. <laughs> the fel- yeah. family of ups. <laughs> but man, it's like you three guys have one. Three guys had one job. <laughs> okay. Elsewhere in that race, we also had. Uh, we also had Ferrari having not the best of days again like yeah. again we we mentioned Verstappen's you know moved to second place. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel had his front wing damaged and pretty much had to get it pit to repair and spent the rest of his race trying to move back up to the front and eventually he made his way to fourth salvaging that race somewhat but <laughs> he again he lost he, he lost ground on, well, he lost a lot of his lead to Lewis Hamilton in the Drivers' Championship because of it. The,
1: the guys that, uh, uh, the commentary uh, team, who I think it could be much better done, uh, my personal opinion, they were saying stuff like how if Vettel doesn't score points, Lewis Hamilton can be level on points, and I don't think he would have led because like they may have been equaled on wins, but uh, Seb would have had more second places, but... He w- yes, yeah, yes.
2: he would have led, but I think... uh, how, mu- how many moves would Hamilton have had? He's had, what, three so far? Four? Mm-hmm. Three apiece, yeah, they yeah, would have yeah, been, been equal then. Yeah,
0: point. they would have been equal, but, yeah, again, as Charlie said, they uh, on second places, Vettel had more, and Vettel would have been... <laughs> Vettel would have still have been leading the Drivers' Championship. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. again, they would
1: have been tied on points. Uh, and... Uh, my, my personal take, I think for Vettel to go from 18th to 4th, uh, and he didn't even need a safety car to do it, like, the Ferrari's just that powerful, and Seb is just that good, I think that's sensational, and I think he yeah. thoroughly deserved driver of the day um, over Esteban yeah. Ocon, despite uh, everything that happened to him in this race, and he had a lot happen to him in this race, didn't he, King?
0: Yeah, he had a lot happen to him in this race. Like, we... Like, first off, we have to mention Vettel's moves on the Force Indias were just great to begin with. <laughs> yep. And, oh, poor Esteban. I, Esteban Ocon, probably, I, I don't want to say that it could have been a better weekend for him because he himself performed spectacularly. It's, it's just a case of... It's just a case, case of
2: Checo of being a stupid, selfish idiot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. And uh yeah, besides that Sabano Khan we had, you know, Sergio Perez finishing fifth. But surprisingly, like Red Bull were actually well, Red Bull were actually able to come away with something. Like Max Verstappen had, you know, mechanical issues, his electrical system failed and his car stopped, but his teammate, Danny
1: Ricardo, was able to get a podium. And what did he do on that podium,
2: Matt? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: Patrick Stewart is no longer a national treasure because of that. <laughs> he should get his knighthood revoked. Yeah. No sir, no no anything. Just no, no.
0: Pat Stew. <laughs> just like I I wonder what the Queen would think if if someone just like just screenshotted him with a shoe to his lips. And just, just sent that picture to the Queen. What, what is knighthood just like? Just gone? Sure, that's not hers. Shall I sh- <laughs> <laughs> have to revoke,
3: revoke Teresa May's uh, government permission. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the, the only political thing I will say this podcast. Bye.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Red Bull were able to get third uh, mm. due to mainly Kimi Raikkonen had brake issues and Vettel and his issues throughout the race. And i Botas for the second, guys. Woo! Yeah. yeah, boy! Yeah, boy! Yeah! Yeah!
1: Yeah! His best result at yeah. the Grand Prix. He, oh, shut up. He's still, he's still only decent at best.
3: Oh, shit. Shut up! It's just... No! <laughs> we don't need, like, a huge Bottas argument. We need to be on subject. And we need to not fucking piss off
0: people who like Botas. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, as we already mentioned earlier in the show, Lewis Hamilton had a very dominant performance because of the chaos behind him to, to win the Canadian Grand Prix. But uh, the other people who finished in the points, uh, Nico Hogenberg scores points for Reto, uh Romain Grosjean scores a single point for Haas, and ninth place, we have a Williams in the points. Lance Stroll scores his first point. Yeah! Please!
1: 7, 8, 9,
3: 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, <laughs> oh, 20 seconds,
1: 20 seconds, well done. Yeah. Yeah, Keep yeah, that in, like, Lewis. Is,
0: is that is that going to be like every Canadian's reaction from here <laughs> to the end of the year? It's just like a huge <laughs> choir of year, boys. Yeah, just the entire nation of Canada, just anytime you mention Lance Stroll has scored points. Just That's <laughs> their reaction until Lance Stroll gets a podium.
2: Yeah, instead of singing, oh, Canada, they're just going to go, yeah, boy. <laughs> they're
0: just, just going to like, yeah, sing.
1: boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Don't do the
3: whole
2: thing. Yeah, boy. Well.
0: Eh? <laughs> okay, Lance Stroll scores his first points. He was the first car a lap down, but yeah, tremendous effort especially when his teammate went out so early
1: i think this yeah, was a great uh that that was rude like apologize to matt <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised no. you heard that
2: no that's that's okay that's okay i like okay. stroll too so i'm fine with
1: it yeah uh, okay when i saw mass's car i'm like oh my god please don't let that be lands please don't let that be Lance. please don't let that be Lance. and i see mass's screen how am i like oh thank fuck. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and
3: once you see the green, you're okay. You, uh,
1: I think that's true for most cases. <laughs> but you see the.
3: Uh. it's like you're such on a, le- on a on such a level of paranoia <laughs> that you just have to. Where's the green? Where's the green? <laughs> <laughs> and and you just like, stop hyperventilating. So
0: I was like, do you, do you have a problem? Do you, do you have like OCD or something? <laughs>
3: no, I'm just a fan of Lance Stroll.
0: That's arguably
1: worse. Uh, I think this is a no. Ow. You said it. I think this was a great race for shutting up his critics, mostly about not being able yeah. to overtake and being a pay driver and shit. Because, like, while most of them were on the back straight and they were DRS assisted, um, Lance put in a lot of great overtakes that race, and he kept his notes clean. He. Uh, like, charged uh, towards the front. He made the best use of his Ultrasofts, and he came away with two points.
2: Yeah, I, I heard it said before, I think this is the race where he really proved himself that he can be Formula mm. 1.
1: Exactly. Um, I I posted yeah, on Instagram of... uh, that uh, it was uh, uh, the happiest I'd been about uh, someone scoring two points since Jules Bianchi at Monaco. Mm.
3: I, I, like... I think a lot of the the, the the criticism that Lance Stroll has been given has mostly been like people automatically coming to the conclusion that just because Lance has has grown up in a very privileged family and is is eighteen and he, he's got a seat at Williams, that you know he's that that automatically means he's not ready. But if you you know if you put into consideration how you know dominant he was in in feeder series and how Max Verstappen, who started Formula 1 at a younger age than Lance did, um, has proven himself. I I don't... It it confuses me why uh, Max Verstappen seems to get a pass while Lance Stroll didn't. And everyone, you know, he sort of became fodder for everyone to say, oh, he's a pay driver. I I think,
0: like, the largest reason why Max Verstappen got a pass... Was because his father raced in Formula One. Mm.
2: Yeah, but so that's... he had prior history motorsport. That that it's he, he 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 didn't get in so much as in money. He he got in on his name basically. Even though the Verstappen name isn't really reputable.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not I, that I much. But he had he had a baked in fan base, and yeah. he had you know a very passionate fan base that was willing to defend him because. Mm. Yeah,
1: like, uh, I don't yeah.
3: see anyone like being nostalgic for Formula One just for <laughs> just for merely Jos Verstappen.
1: <laughs> I'm nostalgic for no, his livery. Serious. Like the livers, yeah. yeah.
3: I like I like the Minardi stuff, yeah. But see Lance finally just, you know, stick it to the man and finally, you know, take a a, a result that he thoroughly deserves is beautiful. It
0: is beautiful. Yes. <sighs> It is, it is shades, it is shades of Sebastian Vettel at, you know, at
1: Indianapolis in 2006. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2007, or what he
3: tested. Oh my God, Ryan got corrected (laughs) on
0: On recording. It looks like, looks like I'm, I'm out of power now.
1: I got, I got (laughs) to (laughs) resign.
3: Goddamn DVP Coalition. Guys. Remember this
1: moment, guys. The Coalition of Chaos took down Ryan King live on air. <laughs> it's a revolution!
0: And we didn't but even again, need a snap election. Yes, yes. And again, snap like, <laughs> like just how people felt about this. Well, you know, on the Williams pit wall, they were ecstatic, and Patty Lowe said he couldn't have overstate it on so many different levels. The way he drove like... The way he drove to, to land the result he got, it feels like it felt like a race win. Actually, coming off the pit wall with the instinct of how I felt, I started heading towards the podium. It was only ninth, but it seriously felt like a race win because it's because we know it has been a very difficult introduction to the sport for him. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, I can't agree with Patty. Any like the the struggles that he went through the, the just the memory involved through testing about him crashing and testing and it's like uh it was a struggle to see him succeed like it's such a catharsis uh. yes yes it's like the last
3: thing I wanted coming back were Pastor maldonado jokes because <laughs> they weren't funny then and they're not funny now and to have to finally have him you know stick it to the man and finally prove to himself how how talented he actually is and how he's got there the hard way maybe slightly earlier than most people would would have wanted him to it doesn't matter he's here and he's and I think he'll be he'll be here to stay i yeah. reckon
0: he'll be here to stay mm. yeah and let's run down the race results Okay, first place, we have Lewis Hamilton. Second place, we have Valtteri Bottas. Third place, we have Daniel Ricciardo. Fourth place, we have Sebastian Vettel. Fifth place, we have Sergio Perez. Sixth place, we have Esteban Ocon. Seventh place, we have Kimi Raikkonen. Eighth place, we have Nico Hulkenberg. Ninth place, we have Lance Stroll. Tenth place, we have Romain Grosjean. Who should have been tenth, though? Romain At one point, it didn't look
1: like Grosjean was going to finish tenth, because the man who was supposed to finish tenth Guess what happened?
0: Ooh. Do we mention 11th place, Jolene
1: Palmer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah left, let's just go with, yeah, it was on purpose.
1: <laughs>
0: but man, yeah, just outside the points, Jolene Palmer, followed by 12th place, Kevin Magnuson, and we'll end 13th place, Marcus Erickson, 14th place, Stoffel Van Dorn, 15th place, Pascal Verilijn, and 16th place, due to a power unit failure, Fernando Alonso.
2: Who, after ringing the NBC crew during the Texas race, he jumped out of the car and went to the crowd after he
0: retired. Yeah, which was, like, the wildest thing in the world. Like, yeah, I'm one of the most famous racing drivers in the world, and I have no security whatsoever. I'm about to head into a grandstand full of rabid fans. A, What's the worst that can happen? He's having a midlife crisis, man. What do you expect? What, I, I, like, he went into the fans. He, he took off his gloves. He chucked them up into the, into the nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, he you, got say, too- you
2: said yeah.
1: rabid fans, but you
2: forget they were in Canada,
1: though. Yeah. You're- yeah, remember. We're a polite bunch. We um <laughs> yes, we are in Canada. You're just you're just
3: giving the stereotypes more of a reason. <laughs> God damn it!
1: Yeah, we we have we need, like we need we need horrible people in Canada. Yeah, we, we we should have like poured maple syrup and poutine all over him and, and like <laughs> made makes, moose makes calls at worse. him.
3: That makes it worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay, and the driver's championship. The positions in the top five remain the same, but the gaps have closed. Sebastian Vettel is ahead of Lewis Hamilton, 141-129. to And how long do you think this 12-point deficit can remain a deficit? Do you think Lewis can catch up over the next couple of races, or do you think Vettel is going to extend his lead?
4: I,
1: think I hope for the latter.
0: Like a ping pong battle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hope for the latter. You know,
3: I don't like. I don't see a clear winner. Like that sounds, you know, sort of uh, weird to say. Depending on if you're a Ferrari fan or a Mercedes fan, but like, I, I, I think, I think you know, Lewis is going to give him, you know, what for. Yeah. Up until the very last round, I don't think there's going to be an absolute clear winner. No. Yeah, so, that's
2: definitely so going to happen. I mean, you're a Bottas fan, so you don't care either way.
3: <laughs> you know carries yeah, not not real you are right you're right on that front like my, um, as long as my as my boy stays ahead of Raikkonen and uh you know gets at least third place which i will be very happy for
0: um Everything else is just going to come by uh, uh,
3: like a blur. Yes,
0: yes. In the battle of the teammate Finns, third in the championship, you have Valtteri Bottas on 93 points, and fourth in the championship, you have Kimi Raikkonen on 73 points.
1: I have a take on the championship. I think it's going to be a bit like a a push and pull uh, over the next few races because we've got uh, Baku and Austria coming up, which I think is probably going to favor the Mercedes in a straight line because of their power tracks. Uh, but then we have uh, Silverstone and uh, Hungary and Belgium. Uh, so And Hungary is a track Lewis Hamilton is nigh unbeatable at. So I think the next few whoa, races... Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. We need to remember he has been beaten at Hungary by one Finn Heike Kovalainen.
1: Yeah! <laughs> what? Th- that's why I say nigh unbeatable.
2: Yeah, also... Won... Never forget Heike...
1: <laughs> Well, well, RJ well, has We also shouldn't forget
2: 2014 or 2015. Yeah. Right?
1: Uh, well, when is. things go right for him, he is an unbeatable. Um, yeah, so, a- so, yeah, I can see advantage, Lewis, for the next few races.
2: Yeah. If he leaves in and the first uh, turn,
0: he, he, it's his race, always. And just right behind, starting to creep up on Kimmy, Danny Ricardo on 67 points. Do you think. Do you think Danny Ricardo has any hope of finishing 4th or 3rd in this championship?
2: 4th maybe. But
0: that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: hope, I, I hope to God he does if it means Viking and goes down. <laughs> like, I, I don't see it necessarily happening from like a
0: long-term standpoint. And in the Which constructors, it is obviously a two-horse race, but we have a different horse in the lead. Mercedes have overtaken Ferrari in the constructors championship. Two twenty-two, two fourteen. That's the you know the obvious off weekend for Ferrari, but man, the constructors championship actually looks interesting for once.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <sighs> for a couple of years uh, too late, but still. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, at
2: least at least we get it.
0: Yeah, any closing thoughts on Canada?
1: Um. It was
2: dreadful.
0: <laughs> dreadful for
2: everyone but Charlie.
1: <laughs> what? I, I,
2: I wouldn't say dreadful. It was acceptable.
1: Yeah, I, I was looking at it and I was thinking, like, how is this going to shape up to the other races? Like, is it going to be considered exciting? Like, obviously not up front because Lewis Hamilton, Canada, the no. right conditions. Ugh. You, like just like I Hungary. Think
3: I, like by now I've I've learned not to find all the inf- entertainment up at the front. I try to look in other other places as well. Exactly. So the advantage to that is I have a more open mind and care for more for drivers in in the lower echelons. Mm-hmm. Don't say boss is in the lower echelons. Or I'll... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean we had a battle for third, so that was interesting somewhat. I mean you say battle for third. We really had the four seniors chasing Ricardo went and then Vettel passing the both beautiful. of them.
3: I really wanted Ocon to like absolutely just you know go past uh Perez and and Ricardo but like Perez was really giving him like giving Ocon like a run for his money throughout the entire yeah, race it
4: was
2: it was fairly balanced but I mean most of the time you could see that Ocon was going quite a bit faster and if I f- I think that if if Perez uh did did let him through I think there might have been a chance at at least in a, th- a third place for Ocon that yeah, w- that would like, I it. would have
3: loved to see yeah. Esteban Ocon on the podium. That would have been yes, uh, beautiful awesome. But like, Perez was, uh, like, arguably, I think some people would consider Perez to be quite uh, dangerous. Like how he how he managed to defend against Ocon, but uh, not probably not on the level of like Max Spa last year. But Oof. like, you get the idea. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I saw them uh, barreling
1: towards turn one. I thought we were gonna have 2014 all over again.
2: Uh, mm. That was uh, one of the reasons why he he was he got dumped on McLaren after 2013 was because of his dangerous driving. So that really hasn't changed too much. He got a little more con- conservative, I guess, he, as he as he built experience. But he's still the same guy deep inside, I think.
3: Mm. Ow. Uh, f- philosophical comments from Mateus Carnero. Yes. Well, it's I I, I, w- I went on a
2: communist rant on our old podcast. So I can do anything.
4: <laughs> 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 yes oh.
0: okay back. we got one new story then we're going to answer your mailbag questions right after this short break have one notable story in in the news in the news section this week and it is Ooh it is a very petty story and I just have to mention it because this past weekend for the first time the the, the CIK FIA European Championship headed to the circuit Fernando Alonso and man one team owner had hot takes and that one team owner was Ralph
3: Schumacher, yeah,
1: shoe me too <laughs> yes, Rolf Schumacher, that's not mixed that was... jurisdiction mix not shoe me
3: we <laughs> Sh- <laughs> shoe me three electric boots, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh Schumacher wasn't pleased that you know. The Fernando Alonso circuit's only about, what, two years old now and it's already hosting around (laughs) the European Championship. And, quote, I'm very disappointed about the race because we face a very unusual situation. For the first time since I've joined karting back again, it feels totally wrong to race on a track like this. Don't get me wrong, but I was trying to explain back in January after testing here for three days that the layout of the track is not one we should be racing on at at a CIK or FIA level. Now that we are here and, and we destroy more material than you can imagine, the race is going to cost a fortune for all participants and only, and only because a decision <laughs> a decision been taken by the people that don't understand the need of karting. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we risk the health of our drivers, which again is unbelievable. One can only hope that people start to listen to the teams and we can avoid this in the future.
3: Do you he used the whole health and safety thing just to like drive his point down that he he's not happy that Fernando Alonso's karting track is hosting one and Ralph Schumacher's karting track. Of course, is not.
0: Yes, yes. Like, also, also. Despite owning a team in this championship, Ralph Schumacher also operates his family's karting circuit in Germany, and they've, to to my knowledge, I've looked it up. They've never hosted a European Championship event, so. There could be a bit of you know salt in the wounds. Yeah. Like I've seen, like I've seen pictures of their cardio circuit, and it doesn't look up to standard anyway. So I'm not that surprised.
2: <laughs> it's just really salt, bunch of salt.
0: Yes, yes. And Alonzo was Alonzo actually replied to his comments, and like. He said, "Quote, first first of all, I think Rolf needs some, supplis- some publicity. He has been so many years now out of the front page and he wants to take benefit from this. We have an austereus championship which is the region in Spain where Alonso is from and the track is located, Spanish National Championship and now the European Championship together with the FIA and and CIK homologations. So they tell <laughs> you they tell you which space between the track you need." Uh, what space of runoff area you need to have, what cornering speed you need to have, what curbs you need to fit, because there are standards for all the circuits. So, basically, Alonso says that th- it shouldn't be a surprise that his circuit meets all the FIA and CIK standards. Why can't they host the championship?
3: Yeah. It's like, surely they they, 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 they... they go into this, you know, pre-planned, you know, a couple of months back just to make sure that it is up to standards. They, they I'm sure that, like as much as... I think the FIA are definitely smart enough not to be like, oh, because this is Fernando Alonso's track, it has to be part of the CIK, CIK FIA... Um, European Championship. <laughs> European Championship, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I just I just find it really ridiculous, and I think, Ralph, as much as I like him, he is pretty much looking for a
0: reason to be annoyed when there really isn't. There really and, isn't. like, the, the only... Evidence that that Rolf can actually point to this track being unsafe from a kart racer point of view is that unfortunately early this year uh, an an eleven year old died yeah, and yes. at Fernando's karting circuit, and that was a tragic incident. I believe yeah. uh, the reason the 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 child was fatally injured because he you know flipped this kart and the kart landed on top of him. Yeah.
3: So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily down to you know ob- objects that on the track that weren't necessarily supposed to be on the track, but m- more because the accident was still a fatal one.
0: Yes, for the for the most part, from what like the investigation that took place, the incident could have happened at any karting circuit.
4: Maybe, maybe. Yeah.
2: I can't really,
0: I can't really necessarily. Yeah, that's like I, that. I, yeah. I don't really race karts, so I.
3: Well, I mean,
1: maybe depending on the track, like, maybe if they were racing around a street track, it could have been worse. Like, it could have flipped over a a barrier and, like, landed on hard concrete or, like, into water.
0: Yeah, like, I've I've seen videos of, you know, karting street races. They happen, like, they're a fairly frequent occurrence in the United States. So I see, like, videos posted of it pretty, you know... Like, a couple times a year by people I know who, you know, kart race. And man, oh man, street racing and karting is probably, like, some of the most intense, like, racing footage I've ever watched. Like, I'm scared for my life, and I'm just watching a video. (laughs) Uh,
2: I've seen uh, karting on Isle of Man once, and it was proper scary. Probably one of the most scariest motorsport footages I've seen in my
1: life. Uh, yeah, there was a karting race I did on a street track a few years ago when I still did two-stroke. Uh, there was a race a few years prior, which was, like, proper street racing. The street race we had was an improvised one built around the uh, Circuit de trois Vier race, or, like, the GP trois Vier, and it was, like, an Im- improper yeah, track. Tr- yeah, like, 20, I know yeah. Champ Car used to race there. Um, yeah, so uh, there was proper one a few uh, years ahead of that, and there was a a huge accident there, if I can find it. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, but I'll find it, and I'll link it to the Discord chat, if that's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, sure. But, But, yeah, like, I just had to mention the story, because like, from, like, the last time I heard about Ralph Schumacher in the news was when he started, you know, having this kart racing operation. Besides that, like, Alexa was right. I have not heard of Ralph Schumacher, period. Like, the only Schumacher I've been hearing about was Mick. <laughs> kind of sad
3: when you put it, you, it, 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 it. In context, in its entirety, actually, is quite sad now that you think about it. When you think of it from only Ralph's perspective, it, 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 it's sad for a different reason.
0: Yeah. I, that he's, you know, fading out of the limelight because... Yeah. Karting is Paying not carding is not that high profile, so once you no. know, once you're in carding, it's kind of hard to get coverage. Because I know motorsport.com, they occasionally cover the World Championship and like maybe the European Championship if someone is you know being a phenomenal standout in that championship, but for the most part, doesn't get covered.
1: Yeah, I mean, for one, I think, like, the most coverage my karting league is going to get this year, karting in Canada, is because Emerson Fittipaldi's grandson uh, raced at Mont Tremblant this, uh, or a couple weekends ago. um And uh, yes. not only at Tremblant, but he's racing in the entire 2017 ECKC Championship. Uh, but, yeah, as far as I can tell, I think that's the most publicity karting in Canada is going to get this year.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate that pretty much that's, like, the big draw for karting events when the sons of other drivers, like the sons or daughters of other drivers, compete in these series, mm. which is unfortunate. But you know, with with YouTube becoming more and more prevalent and you know online media and it being cheaper to cover races, maybe we'll see more coverage of karting in the future. Because I'd be I'd be happy to watch some karting action. I yeah. can hope. One can hope. And now, on to the mailbag. We have a handful of questions for the, from the mailbag. And uh, a lot of them are Alonzo-related. I'll, I'll get through the non-Alonzo for ones first, and then we'll end on the Alonzo question. I'll just group them up into one big one. Okay, we have a question from... Evan Manley, how big of a hit has Carlos Sainz's stock taken in the driver market after his Ro- after his Grosjean-esque accident, which you know he mentions that even Roman himself said it was like <laughs> one of his early accidents.
2: Huh. I wouldn't say not much really. I mean, this uh, a, an, an error from Carlos Sainz. It's a, it's, a, it's a very rare thing to see, so don't think it really affected him that much. It's just a little mistake that no. happened. Yeah, then that's about it.
3: Well, I, I, if I recall correctly, uh, before Roman's Accident in twenty twelve, he was already on the fritz with a lot of people. So that sort of you know spiraled up into that large accident he had in twenty twelve. So I don't I don't think that is going to necessarily do huge amounts of damage because you know it's, you know Carlos is in his third season, is he now? Carlos.
1: Um, yeah. Yes, he got in with Max. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, although something it's else it's I, I just remembered, because um, I'm a big Lance Mark, as you all know, uh, <laughs> I was really salty about Bahrain, and um, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe his uh, error in Bahrain combined with this error. This year is not looking that great for Carlos, I will concede.
3: I, uh, I think that's a bit of a generalization, yeah. because uh, he he did have a great result in Oh, of course, oh, yeah, right, really Monaco,
1: right. Gone. Monaco is sensational. Yeah. Like, of course, although, yeah, I guess like maybe two accidents this year, and he's. I mean,
2: I yeah, he's I had a few think incidents, think but they're v- kind of few yeah. and far between, really. If you look at the I, general I, picture. I feel. I Got feel
3: it. if 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 you know if he was going to go down in in terms of driver profile, I would I would I would uh, uh, rev- revolt that you know it, it I I feel he's um they jumping re- pretty much to conclusion. Too, uh, too early. It's it, you know, it's only like the eighth or ninth race of the season at the moment, and, and you know, drivers do necessarily make mistakes. And I don't think Carlos is going to be known down the line as as a uh, a driver who.
1: Uh, of course not. <laughs> no,
2: if you think Grosjean could turn that around, then I mean, c- yeah. even then, Carlos sure, isn't really. Carlos is m- much better known for other things, red than than crashing.
1: Yeah, yeah, like being shafted the- by Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. very much.
0: What a shame. yeah what a, what a shame. okay we have another question. Uh, okay we have a question from uh, uh, Lodi Croaton nine <laughs> 918 uh, do you think McLaren will finally change engine suppliers and if so do you what do you think will happen to Saber?
2: Zach Brown is running out of patience with Honda already, so I think if they don't perform, if they uh, if they continue to underperform, there there might be a chance that they could move, but I don't know which supplier they would go to. They they probably go back to Mercedes would be my first guess, but but well, if this Sauber is already confirmed to get Honda engines next year, so <laughs> I guess that will mean that Sauber will get the brunt of the development and the brunt of the problems really. If, if Honda continue to be the way that they are right now, and I don't really yeah, see them improving much further.
0: But it, from, like, the comments from uh, Moesha, uh, where where comments from Kelton Bourne, she basically says that uh, that they're pretty much open to running any driver that Honda wants them to run. So it, it seems like, yes, they want to be Honda-powered, but they want... They, they want the Honda money that comes along with it. Yes, that's the, yeah. that's
2: the main interest in there. Saber has been running out of money for a few years now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sort of amazed they're still on the grid, to be quite honest. Yeah, because
0: mainly, like, anytime they've hit trouble, they've been able to either uh, get some, like, new part owner or some injection of cash to keep them rolling along until next year. And I think Honda might be the solution to their, you mm-hmm. know, annual problems for funding.
2: Yeah, I think what what's bankrolling them right now, not necessarily Nasser's ninth place last year in Brazil, but probably uh, Mercedes support for, for for from Verline.
1: Yeah, for Pascal Verline. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess, like, maybe the Celana sponsorship from Ericsson, to an yeah, extent. Yeah, that's also true. Probably
2: yeah. a little bit, yeah. It's not as prominent as Banco de Brazil used to be, but I guess it helps.
1: Okay,
0: and now we have the Alonso question from Len Morrison and again Evan Manley, where, uh, where uh, Morrison asks Will Alonso return to Reno at the end of next season? And Evan Manley asks Will Alonso retire at the end of next season to focus on Le Mans and the Indianapolis 500? And it's kind of, you know, the big catch all question Where is Alonso's future? Uh, if you were, if I was in Alonso's shoes, and
3: you know, I'm, you know, not going to jump, jump to conclusions. Yeah, I, I probably, I don't, <laughs> unless, unless uh, they, they get, an, unless McLaren get a new engine provider or, or Mercedes or whoever, <laughs> whoever wants to give Mercedes that extra push. I don't see why Alonso should necessarily stay there. Um, Indy, I don't, I don't think. Is like part of me would not want to do like the whole season if it meant, you know, I'll be there for the 500, um, to you know, finish off the triple crown, which is basically what Alonso is um um sort of hinting as the pretty much the main goal of his latter career in motorsport. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I don't. I'm sort of in a crossroads where I don't see him staying in Formula One, but I don't see him doing. Full time at IndyCar as well, so I'm sort of in a weird sort of 50-50. But I'd love to see him in IndyCar, I'd absolutely, you know, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. It would give me and a lot of other people uh, another reason to watch IndyCar if they haven't got 50 other reasons already. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, 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 I feel that uh, Alonso might see the rest of the IndyCar season as sort of. In like sort of a background thing for the main event, sort of like a starter or a main to the main course or and the desserts being every like Sonoma at the end yeah. or something yeah.
2: um, the only yeah. way I see Alonso sticking with McLaren would be if they moved to to Indy. well, that's not, not move, but like made a team in Indy. um but so he, if he stays in f one he will probably move back to another team, probably Renault, as the rumors say um. Right,
1: um I- I don't see Renault but- happening because um, it's important to remember that what Alonso wants is a race winning car and Fernando wants to win he's a racer and he races to win despite being in some of the worst machinery at times so uh, with that in mind I see him maybe going to Indy but perhaps not full time because the Indy 500 was just a special occasion but maybe if he goes to IndyCar car full time he may realize that he doesn't like doing the road races, and that he may just prefer the oval races and take the Ed Carpenter route. Or
2: yeah, but if he uh, doesn't we'll do Indy full time, what's what is, what's he's going to do in the rest of the year? That's what that's my thinking. Like if he yeah. goes to 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 Reno, like Reno has a better car than McLaren already, and you see what Nico Hulkenberg can do with the car. So if they put him in place of Julian Palmer or something like that, he could probably do go even further than what than what Hulk can do.
0: Yeah, but the only issue is that Renault themselves say they're not going to win right away. Like they say that you know a championship winning car for them is a long term project, and I I really feel like the big pull for Alonso to do IndyCar full time is that he would still be able to participate in the World Endurance Championship at the same time.
4: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that 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 was my thinking. If he doesn't do Indy full time. He'd probably do WEC on the side as well.
0: Yeah, like he could do, you could do Indy full-time and still race in the WEC, just like, you know, what Bourdais was doing in the GT category in the WEC. Mm-hmm. Where Bourdais was racing full-time with Dale, Dale coin and still being a, a Ford Chip Ganassi factory driver.
2: Yeah, that's also yeah, an I mean, option. But, I mean, if Alonso wanted to race there, he'd probably take a a, a main contract at He'd probably want to yeah, make a he contract
0: take, at an LMP1. Yeah, he would get an LMP1 contract, which, again, you, we see a lot of Formula E guys able to balance out Formula E and, uh, you know, Formula E and LMP1 or two, where you have, you know, Nicholas Prost, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr., uh, who else is in that category? Sebastian Buemi. Uh, yeah, Sebastian Buemi, uh, Stefan Sarrazin, Jose Maria Lopez. Uh, Just the the names of guys who are still able to participate in other series while being, you know, in race-contending cars. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So I think, like, the full season might not sound as strange as it thinks because Alonso could still do Indy Le Mans every year for the rest of his career, which, based off of when people retire in IndyCar, he has... Like, if you were to go next year, he would have eight good seasons to try to win the 500. <laughs> yeah. And then
1: there'll come a race like Texas, where everything will be derailed, and you'll be criticized to moving out of the sport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like, why would Alonso do something so dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, ha- you'll,
3: you'll have 19-year-old Brazilians defending their every move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I I, kid, I, I, kid. I I won't be 19 by the time that happens, anyway, so...
3: Happy birthday for the twentieth. I I believe. Yes. Happy birth. Yeah. Uh, uh, send your tweets to Matt on the twentieth, saying he's an okay person. Yeah. <laughs> word word. Matt, you are an okay person. Yeah.
0: Please. Thank Money, uh, you. I appreciate it. The the only thing I have to add about this is actually slightly breaking news that, uh, I I don't even want to say it's news. I kind of put this in the rumor column where, uh. Microsoft, their sponsorship division, they sponsor the Renault Factory team. They have mm-hmm. already said that Renault has asked them if they would uh, increase their sponsorship for next year because they're, they're aiming to get a big-name driver to, well, not, I wouldn't say a big-name driver, but uh, a driver who's going to be, you know, the face of their team going forward. Like, I'll, like it, either a big-name driver or a long-term project. There's something that they're going to have to invest a lot of money in.
1: I think maybe a long-term project would be better because it gives chance for, it gives a chance for drivers to become big-name drivers. Yeah, like,
0: if I had to say they were to get, like, if I had to say, based on, like, how they're leaning, they, they want a French driver for their French factory team. And it's seeming more and more likely they might try to, like, it might be a buyout of Esteban Ocon's Mercedes yeah, contract.
2: They're going to buy back Ocon then. Uh, remember they never Ocon,
0: had Ocon to be... The, well, but didn't uh, Ocon they,
2: used to be a Lotus driver? Like a Lotus junior driver.
0: Yeah, yeah the, he was originally a Lotus junior driver. Then Mercedes bought out his contract and they loaned him the Renault to be a test driver last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then they assigned him the Force India this year. Yeah,
2: but technically then he used to be Renault. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Yeah, so, like, to me, that seems like what they're going for, because that'd be, you know, a long-term project, someone who would be the face of your team, and, you know, actually represent the country, not, I mean, represent the country and the company, I should say, because Renault is, again, partly owned by the French government. So, having a French driver is kind of what's best for business. Um, but, I mean, hmm. the young drivers they have, they have, what, Oliver Rowland? Oh, God, who else Here's have? Here's what the I pro- think
1: could work out. Uh, Red Bull's sponsored by, uh, like, Tag Heuer is still uh, the branding for Renault, right?
0: Uh, yes, yes,
1: that's still their branding. Okay, so do you think maybe Red Bull could collude with Renault to get Gasly on, on their team, perhaps? And-
0: no, because there's a reason it's it's branded as TAG Heuer not Renault because the relations are still at like there's still barely anything there like there's no reason yeah like they don't want to loan out Pierre Gasly to Renault like like the only thing worse than giving Pierre Gasly to Renault would be giving Pierre Gasly to Mercedes so it's mm, it's not looking bright it is not looking bright For Pierre Gasly's F1 hopes, I'm so sorry, Pierre Gasly. I want to see you in F1 so bad. Like, It's probably, that's to me, one of the most frustrating things. Like, if I was French and a Formula 1 fan, I'd be so frustrated about how the driver market has been over the past couple years. You've had so many drivers either be in or have a shot at F1 and amount to essentially nothing or have their careers cut unfortunately short you have you know the the peak brothers you have Mm -hmm. you have Romain Grosjean you have Jules Bianchi you have just now Esteban Ocon things could still become something Mm. uh Pierre Gasly uh Matthew Vaxillier just oh just Oh, yeah, it's my boy Sebastian Bourdais. Just <laughs> things have not turned out well for France. Oh. How
4: t- how
3: times
0: have changed. How times have changed. Uh, yeah.
2: Remember yeah, that but- Olivier Panis is still the, the last French driver 20 from the one.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: That was 21 years ago.
0: 21
3: years. 21 years.
0: Dark days, dark days. Like even Australia has had better recent history than France. <laughs> but I, I guess that will be it for the show this week. Any closing comments from you guys?
2: Poop Durani. <laughs> no, it's Let's funny it- you say that I was actually I was gonna say good luck to all the Brazilians that are gonna participate in this weekend's twenty four hours of Le Mans, there's Tony Canon, there's Ramos Barraquello, there's Lucas Grassi, there's Bruno Senna, and there's Poop the Ronnie.
3: Is um, Marcus Winklock in
2: Uh no I don't think so. He's raci- he's racing the the I think the Blanc Pond series. So not
3: Yeah, okay. I was just asking. So we c- we can't we can't sort of big up the Winkle rock. In no, this
2: unfortunately take. no. In, in we gotta case. wait until the twenty four of uh twenty four hours of spa. That's when August. We should, <laughs> we yeah. should make a petition.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't even know who I'm gonna be pulling for at Le Mans this year. It's mm. oh yeah, Toyota. Because uh, like yeah, last say, yeah. year, yeah. last year it was, it was like league. Audi. But yeah, yeah. I, f- I was disgusted <laughs> last year. I watched
1: it live. I <laughs> so After distracted. last year, seeing them get so far and then just to have that happen, I, like, I am never really uh, biased in uh, WEC, but for for <laughs> Le Mans, I I just want to see Toyota get the when they so rightfully deserved last year
0: but yeah I, we're probably not going to preview the 24 hours of the show like maybe if me and RJ could get together later in the week we could do a special preview episode but in short Toyota are trying to one up Honda here cuz their driver lineup clearly shows that they have one japanese driver in all three of their cars so guaranteed if toyota wins they'll have a japanese driver who also gets Mans win the first japanese driver to win in a japanese car at Mans.
3: i would love that i would love that i'd be so there for (laughs) it
0: you'd be so there for it
3: japan in motorsport 2017 this will be their best year and
0: just also to note toyota is the only team entering three cars this year uh their rival team Porsche is only entering two cars and the 6th LMP1 is the Bykolls which has it's not going to win. Bykolls is not going to win. <laughs> well, King, you look stupid
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how I'm, that's how I'm gonna end it oh, off. That's how you're gonna end <laughs> it yeah. off.
0: Okay. Yeah. If you enjoy the show, you could follow me on Twitter at RyanRKing. Uh I don't remember all your guys' Twitter handles by memory, so
3: okay. Uh, I'm CookProd1, C-W-O-K-P-R-O-D-1. Matt is Skellingtor, S-K-E-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-R, and uh, Charlie is Racing, so it's CRegimbal Racing, so C-R-E-G-I-M-B-A-L Racing. If you don't know how to spell racing. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I know, yes. Unfollow wow. Kyle
1: Larson. <laughs> uh,
3: we've got Ryan at Ryan King uh, at Ryan Eric King. Eric with a K. King. So it's two Ks, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Ah, got them all right. Yes, and I'm if an you like the legend. show, you can follow the show at motorsport underscore 101. If you like the show that much, you can back us on Patreon, and you can su- subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Thanks for watching, and I'm pretty sure Dre will be back next week, especially after listening to listening to this episode. <laughs> he'll never he'll never forgive the fact that I'm
3: here. <laughs> Love you, Dre.
0: Okay, and that'll be the show for this week. Awesome. Thanks for uh, watching, like, though. Yeah, thanks. Th- hey, Lewis. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs>
4: Listen to
3: me subscribe to the productions <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bye. Say an error.
4: Bye Ciao ciao to
1: have it mate. I You are the world
4: champion!
0: Man, Jay is not going to like this episode. (laughs)